0: We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into a Tuesday edition of Sports Call. I am Brooks Childress. I am filling in once again for Ryan LaVoy. He is still making his way back from... The great state of Florida, Tampa, Florida to be exact, where he saw his Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the Philadelphia Eagles last night. I'm joined in studio today by Mr. Tom Peavy. So it's a two-man hey, show yeah. today. That's right. Tom's here. Uh, and we'll have a great show for you 3 p.m. right now until 6 p.m. this evening. We've a great show coming up for you this afternoon. We will get to a lot of our phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Give us a call 334-887-341 locally or toll free one 889 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to get in line and get ready, uh, get get your thoughts in on a plethora of sports topics here this afternoon. We'll also finish up our show this afternoon. We'll have a 5 at 5 brought to you by our friends at the Southeastern Land Group at 5 o'clock. And then we'll wrap up the show with our nightly TV guide brought to you by the White Claw Hard Seltzer. As I said, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress in studio today, still talking about that. Game in College Station on Saturday as the Auburn Tigers fell to the Texas A&M Aggies by the score of 27-10. to 10. We gave an overview, overview yesterday. We'll get more into the weeds of it today uh, as we uh, also turn our attention toward the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Uh, it is on Saturday inside Jordan-Hare Stadium as the, defending, the two-time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, back-to-back national champions, come to town to take on your Auburn Tigers. Uh, mentioned this a little bit yesterday. But Auburn women's basketball got uh, preseason practice started yesterday uh, as they gear up for their season with Coach Johnny Harris. Auburn men's basketball gets their practice started uh, right about now, actually. They're getting underway at Neville Arena right about now. We had a media viewing or a a media session with Coach Pearl earlier this afternoon. We'll talk a little bit of Auburn basketball as we we get ready closer and closer to the season. a little over a month away from tip-off of Auburn basketball. Uh, Atlanta Braves back in action tonight as they take on the Chicago Cubs. We'll talk about a little bit about that, and of course we will. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the rest of the college football slate we didn't get to yesterday, and maybe we'll sprinkle in a little bit about the Falcons uh, this afternoon if we have time. Like I said, uh, Brooks and Tom on the show on this Tuesday afternoon three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine. Tiger Nine I had a great Tuesday night. A couple of NFL games that were they were decent that it wasn't anything like you you were sitting there and you you on the edge of your seat watching an NFL game but they got interesting toward the end uh, and uh, end of each of them but uh t- turn our attention back to the Braves tonight and we'll, we'll see what happens Tom how are you doing this afternoon
2: right, I'm doing good a little on the tired side I've been out running errands all day today um doing stuff for the fire department and uh so yeah uh lacking a little bit of sleep right now but I'm I'm here I'm ready to go and uh Talking more about the Auburn stuff, and then uh, yeah, the NFL games last night. And so I've said this before. I I'm not a huge NFL fan. I don't have a team that I follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am full on college football guy. However, doing all the fantasy stuff gets me involved watching these games specifically yeah. for the guys on my fantasy team. And unfortunately, some guys didn't do so didn't do what they needed to for me last night. And uh, I was head to head in our office pool. I was head against Brent Daughtry. And I had a huge lead going into those games, and we even sat here and joked uh, as we was leaving the studio that there's no way he was going to be able to catch up with me. Well, he did. (laughs) Um, And the difference was his kicker. His kicker got 18 points to my kicker's 12, and then I had a running back and a wide receiver that uh, did not score very well in their respective games last night. And so I lost, and yeah. It, it stinks. Had a, had a really good week overall uh, on that. Uh, scored in the 140s, I think, mm-hmm. and still got beat. So it is what it is. But um, uh, real briefly with the Braves uh, starting their final homestand of the year, um, the Cubs are coming into town, and that means Dansby Swanson is making his return to Truist. And so it'll yep. be kind of interesting to see what happens there. Uh, news out of the minor leagues, uh, if I can pull this up again real quick, it was part of my, my best of the week Mm -hmm. last night, but I want to make sure I'm saying this correctly. But, uh, yeah. So, um, junior Caminero, who was my, my best of the week because we had just seen him play for the biscuits a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, a couple of days later, he gets called up to Tampa Bay and is is already uh, doing some good things there, but uh, he was named uh, Prospect of the Year and was also named the Southern League MVP. How about that? His stats for the Biscuits: he had, he hit three hundred nine, had a three seventy three on base percentage, five forty eight slugging, twenty home runs, sixty two RBIs, and he's just twenty years old. He was nineteen when he joined the Biscuits. He yeah. turned twenty. In the season, so big time young and up and coming prospect um, in the Rays organization, but named the 2023 Southern League MVP and uh, named uh, named as one of the uh, the named as the uh, prospect of the year. So
1: getting himself a cup of coffee it, right now with the Rays yeah. before they they wrap up their regular season. So
2: pretty pretty cool that I was able to actually get to go and watch that guy play, and, and now you know he's doing what he's doing. So oh yeah. Enough of that. Uh, <laughs> it, it is Georgia week. We know things are going to have to improve. Yeah. Um, Hugh Freeze has been has had the interviews, and of course, the quarterback situation comes up. He says that he thinks that that uh, Peyton Thorne is still the way they're going to go, but doesn't know they're having to evaluate things. I I don't know. That's kind of a scary thing. I I'm I'm really starting to kind of lose faith in in Peyton. I hate that because I thought he was going to be the guy. I said he could be the guy that would come in here and could potentially be the the difference between seven wins and eight wins. And, unfortunately, he may be the guy that only gets you six. Uh, If he cannot improve, if the offense cannot improve around him. uh, And it's so frustrating when you go back and you watch tape of that game and you see guys that are open. Mm -hmm. And you see guys that – you see plays that are touchdowns. I I mean – uh, the offensive staff called up some plays that were surefire touchdowns if Peyton would have just seen the seen the field yeah. and gotten rid of the ball in a timely manner instead of holding on to on to the ball for too long or belling out of a pocket that was there for him uh, a little quicker than he needed to. He 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 just he missed some throws, some bad overthrows that were wide open, and then some that he just didn't see. And that's gotta be that's gotta improve, and especially against a team like Georgia that's going to come in here their defense is really, really good. So points are gonna be hard to come by anyway. Their offense has not really been that great. So, you know, that bodes well for the defense. But I mean, goodness gracious, if it's like like it was in the Cal game and like in the Texas A and M game, you you gotta give that defense a break. Uh, I mean you've gotta be able to start converting some third downs. You gotta be able to get in some third and shorts instead of the third and longs. Offensive line has got to quit getting penalized, especially on third down. Uh, So it's a lot to improve, a lot that they need to improve on. And it's going to be tough uh, against a Georgia team that is the two-time defending national champion, champion, and there's a reason they are that way because Kirby Smart has built an incredible roster over there in Georgia.
1: You look back on Saturday's action in in College Station, uh, scoring got started two field goals in the first quarter from Texas A&M from Randy Bond, one from 51, one from 32. Auburn responded in the second quarter with the only score of the second quarter to go to the half, Alex McPherson, uh, probably one of the biggest uh, bright spots of the day for that Auburn, uh, for that Auburn team, uh, nailing a 53-yard field goal uh, with five seconds to go in the first half. And then it was all Texas A&M for the most part in the second half, both third quarters, uh, touchdowns from Max Johnson, uh, one to uh, Evan Stewart, one to Jake Johnson, Then you had that 67-yard fumble return from Eugene Asante to get the Tigers their lone touchdown of the day. And, of course, you saw uh, Le'Veon Moss seal the deal in the late stages of the fourth quarter uh, with a four-yard touchdown run for Texas A&M. Uh, and and then you know we you 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 look back at that game not like I said the brightest spot of that game was that Alex McPherson kick <clears throat> and on all for, for for the offensive scoring obviously Eugene Asante uh, scoring that uh, uh, scoop and score in the second half of that football game was a was a bright spot for the defense but you, like you were saying Tom you got to get more production out of that that uh, that quarterback room uh, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, between, you know, what to do, uh, you know, I know it was thrown out, maybe you'd see Holden Gurner, you know, try to throw him out there at some point. And, but you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned Hugh Freeze being asked about. It. I think the interesting quote that he had was, you know, is that he was asked about uh, uh, Peyton Thorne being the starter, and he said, we're still wading through the water. That, uh, what, that's where I expect will come out, which, yeah. you you know, folks are, you know, you say, all right, that's where we expect to be is, is going to be Peyton Thorne again on Saturday. But when he says, "I expect that's where we'd be," that that doesn't—that's a little little waving right there. Yeah. That's a little not—that's not saying, "Yeah, Peyton Thorn's our guy." That's saying, "Hey, like you were saying, we're reevaluating things." Right. And and you know, you you brought up Peyton Thorn. You you said he's a six-seven win guy. Is there a quarterback on the roster that gets you past that
2: right well, now? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I yeah, I don't know. Um, mainly because I I don't. I look at that and I say, I don't know, because I say, I don't know about Holden Garner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, have,
1: we just haven't seen enough uh, of him. We haven't
2: had enough of a sample size of him. Um, we've had plenty of a sample size with Robbie. Uh, and there's obviously some concerns about his ability to throw the ball. We, we have seen plenty of that. Um, with Peyton, you know, we haven't had much of a sample size, but we have seen him against two Power 5 opponents. One of those Power Five opponents is awful. Mm. They they are not good at all in Cal, and they could not move the ball to save their lives against Cal. How how are you going to improve that against this murderer's road that you're up against? That they, these are te- these are teams that would score sixty some odd points on Cal,
1: a Cal team that we if you remember back to when it was leading up to it. Hugh Freeze was asked about their defense, says they're not trying to fool you. They're going to, you know, line, you're going to know what what sure. defense they're in. They're going to run straight up. They're just going to do it well. So it's not like they were, you know, their defense was out there disguising stuff and having these exotic blitzes and stuff. Yeah. They What you saw them doing on the field, if you saw them line up and said, they're going to blitz here, they were blitzing there. Yeah. You're there in zone here. They were in zone there.
2: Uh, like I said, you know, teams like Georgia, teams like LSU, teams like Texas A&M, they would score a lot of points on that Cal defense, and Auburn could not even figure out that defense. So, uh, you know, things are going to have to change. Uh, the, the one thing that I'm also curious with the quarterback thing, I had the uh, uh, the privilege of meeting and talking to uh, a quarterback coach who coaches Robbie and has coached a, a lot of really good quarterbacks. Uh, and I'm not going to name drop, but it, but it is a quarterback coach that works with a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the conversations that we were having was about Auburn's quarterback room, and he, obviously he favors Robbie because he's his coach. He coaches Robbie, yeah. So he, you know, he he really likes Robbie, uh, but he's saying that just from his experience and everything that he's seen, he had concerns about Peyton Thorne. and this was even before the Texas A&M game. So he, <clears throat> this guy's this guy was had had concerns about Peyton. <clears throat> And he was saying, but he was also saying that Gurner can really, really throw it. That he really likes the way he hasn't worked with Gurner, but he really likes the way that he looks, likes the way he throws. Uh, You know, I've heard there's just some inconsistencies with, uh, uh, I guess, with the touch. I mean, they say he's got the strongest arm on the team. Yeah, he can sling it harder and further than anybody out there. It's just a lot of times not sure where it's going. So I don't know. Um, I'm still going to. Trust this staff that they're going to put the guy out there under center that they thinks give thinks that gives them the best shot. Yeah, if that's Peyton Thorn, I, I I may shake my head and not really understand it. But I mean, if they can see if they're seeing it in practice and they feel like he is their best opportunity to get the win, then you got to trust them. Uh, you know, right now, I am I'm not in a situation with any of that coaching staff where I'm ready to start going pitchforks to. You know, to Sanford Lawn and start, you know, demanding things, demanding, demanding that we change offensive coordinators and stuff like. that, I'm not there,
1: and I think that's it's fair. Like, four games in, absolutely. Now with now
2: with Peyton, I think it's fair enough to say that we've seen a sample size. It's mm-hmm. like the, he may not be very good. They, we've seen enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard to judge with the coaching staff though because they. They also they know that they are lacking talent in positions that they need. Yeah, they've desperately tried to fill holes with the uh, transfer portal, and and I think they've done a great job with that. But there's still so many holes that are left, and their backs are against the wall really when it comes to that. But again, I mean, like I said, I I'm gonna I'm still gonna put my trust in in Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery. Uh, and that other staff that they're going to have the players in place that they think gives them the best chance. I may not like the decision because I, I think right now I'm kind of one of those is like you know what just put put Holden out there and let's see what he can do. Okay, yeah, are you really going to do that against Georgia? I'm like, oh well, I mean right, right now what do you got to lose? I mean your offense really can't get much worse than it is right now. I, I guess it could, but I mean goodness sakes you you had two total yards in the third quarter after getting after getting shut out mm-hmm. offensively you get shut out now granted you got the field goal yeah but you but you got a, a goose egg in the first you only got the three in the second and then you come out in the third which you would hope things would kind of get figured out and whatever not be two total yards so those are things that's going to have to get fixed against georgia i mean my my expectations are, are not high. Uh, my expectations were not high coming into the season. However, I, you need to start seeing some improvement. And I think that's the biggest thing. And that, that's going to be the kind of the, the crawl that's going to stick in Auburn fans' stomachs is if they don't see the improvement. If they lose, but you see the improvement, they, you know, let's just say they go out there and let's say it's holding. Mm-hmm. Holden goes out there, and he throws for almost 300 yards and maybe a couple of touchdowns. But, you know, still not enough to beat Georgia. But you can sit there and look back on it and be like, hey, there's some improvement there. Yeah. You, you don't like the moral victories, but it's like, hey, we made strides. Yeah. We made strides in the right direction. Uh, this whole thing has been a, you know, the first game against UMass, there were some questions there, and it was like, mm. But then you felt like you took a big step back. Oh boy, here we go. Sanford, big step forward. Like, here we go. Yeah. We're throwing the ball. He was very accurate with some of his deep passes. Like, all right, here we go. Progress. He had A and M. Take another huge step back. And it's like, no, we can't keep taking these steps back. It's gotta be forward momentum, forward progress and 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 forward expectations of mm. what of what you're gonna see and, and improvement. Expectations of improvement and not just uh uh, just kind of spinning your tires in the mud and going in reverse.
1: My only two questions, and, and I brought this up yesterday about uh, Gurner, is one: you his first if if you put him out there against Georgia, what does that do to his confidence if they go out there and they they dominate him? Um, two, I feel like if the if the coaching and it may you know over the, the last few weeks of practice things have, you know may have he may have uh, you know done something, but I feel like. He's already redshirted last year. So they're right. not there's there's no counting the clock, being like, oh, we got to count, you know, count snaps and stuff. Like right. we we can't, you know, we can't burn this redshirt. He's already been redshirted. That's off the table. You can play him as much as you want. If they were more confident in holding Gurner I feel like they, when, they, when Hugh Freeze said a few weeks ago after that Cal game that they were looking for something when they kept throwing Robbie and uh, Peyton back and forth, right. you would have thrown Gurner out there just to see if he could do something, okay. and we didn't see him in that Cal game. No. Um, th- those are my only <clears throat> two concerns about it, you know the, 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 what's been thrown out the last couple of days of maybe give Gurner a chance this weekend. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and we
1: say that, but then
2: I mean, you go back and look at what he did against Texas A&M, the little bit that he was in there. He was only two of seven for eight yards. So, yeah, it wasn't like he came in in that cleanup role and all of a sudden lit the world on fire. Yeah, uh, I mean he was two of seven. So I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it's one of those, it's one of those tough things to to be in when you're an Auburn fan and watching it. But it's also one of those things that Auburn fans need to realize and temper their expectations for what this year was going to be and understand yeah. that this team was. This team was picked near the bottom of the West for a reason. This team was projected to win six, maybe seven, for a reason, and it's because the talent is just not there. The roster is not where Hugh Freeze wants it. That's why they are recruiting their absolute tails off right now. It bringing in even guys that are, have been committed to other schools. They're trying to get it done. It's just you're, you're asking a whole lot after mm-hmm. the last couple of miles on years, and then the two disastrous years. Under Harson, and I'm talking in the recruiting aspect of it. uh, You're really, really asking a lot for a staff to come in here and and turn a miracle into this, turn chicken you know what into. (laughs) So, yeah. It is is what it is. Auburn fans got to understand it. It's probably going to be a rough year.
1: Auburn football, we continue to talk about their game at Texas AM this past Saturday. They prepare for Georgia this coming weekend. Media getting a practice viewing window here in uh, about an hour as Auburn prepares for Georgia. Next time we'll hear from Hugh Freeze with public comments. We'll be at the SEC teleconference tomorrow morning, tomorrow midday really, and we'll see uh, what his what he's asked tomorrow, especially in regards to those quarterback positions. Time to take a break. When we come back to the Orthopedic Clink phone line, we go. We'll be right back here on Tiger 95.9.
0: Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
1: Tuesday edition of Sports Call Rolls On. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Tom Peavy here in the studios today. Two-man booth, as they like to say. Ryan LaVoy, usual host. He'll be back tomorrow. Take you through the rest of your week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll be here Thursday and Friday as well. Tom, you'll be here tomorrow.
2: I will be here tomorrow.
1: Cam Barry will be back tomorrow on the show as well. T.P. Hammock. Oh, Cam will also be on Friday. T.P. Hammock. Will join us tomorrow and Thursday as well. So a full slate of uh sports call once again as we go through this week, heading into the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Speaking of the Deep South's oldest rivalry, you want tickets to it? Uh, we've got them right now on our Twitter page. Go over to twitter.com slash sports call AU. We got a Twitter contest for you. Like, retweet, and tag a friend in the comment of the tweet for your chance to win. Two tickets to Auburn versus Georgia on Saturday. Winner will be chosen Thursday at noon. Must come by our stations here on South College Street in Auburn to pick up those tickets. We'll also have a pair of tickets to give away here on the air later on in the week. So make sure you keep listening to us uh, for your chance to win tickets. And also keep listening to our sisters or all the rest of the programming here on Tiger 95.9 and as well as our sister station 99.9 KDFM. They'll also have chances for you to win some of those tickets to the Deep South's oldest rivalry this weekend. 334-887-341-LOCALLY, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Uh, All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971. Uh, Visit them online at theorthoclinic.com for more information we'll start things off as we go to the orthopedic clinic phone line today we'll start our day in the state capitol and that is
0: james from montgomery
1: james is joining us as he does almost every single day james how are you doing today
0: i'm good i'm war eagle war
1: eagle
3: and i know uh, yesterday i know that my good friend matt from policy was asking about the trivia uh, question about Auburn and Georgia, and I actually do have the answer for that.
1: That's right. We, uh, we was going to get to that. So, yeah, Matt asked you and Steve, so we'll get to Steve. Uh, we'll t- ask Steve this a little bit later, but uh, Matt wanted to ask the question What was the last time, what year, and the score of the last time Auburn beat Georgia in Jordan Hare Stadium?
3: Uh, that will be November the 11th, 2017, and the score for that game was. Georgia forty, Auburn
1: seventeen. Uh, I, I don't think that was correct.
3: Um. Oh. Oh. Um. Hmm.
1: I think you're um, you're you're looking at the the SEC. Uh. You you got the the score flipped. It was Auburn yeah. forty, Georgia seventeen.
3: Yes. Yes, I did have that. Uh. Actually. Um. Tossed around there. It was Auburn forty. Georgia 17, and that was November the 11th, 2017.
1: That's correct. And then the second part of his question was, when was the last time that Georgia beat Auburn in Georgia?
3: Um, That would be... Uh, that would actually have to be... Uh, so we, we won at home in November, so that would have been in December of the next month. And I think that was Georgia beating Auburn
1: 38-20. Uh, not quite. The last time Georgia beat Auburn in Georgia was last year, October 8, 2022. They won 42-10 over Auburn.
3: Oh, okay, so I was a few months
1: off. Yeah, just a few. Well, that that was a good job, though. I'm I'm sure Matt appreciates you answering the question, <clears throat> and I'm I'm sure he's listening to us too. And so, uh, you you got the questions right, and so uh, congratulations. What else you got for us today, James?
3: Well, I'm actually going to be looking at the WNBA. Um, I know this is going to be a tough uh, a tough slate for the Dallas Wings tonight. Um, I'm just going to see how my Dallas Wings are aren't going to improve. I know we had some uh, tough tough situations that we need to edge out, so I'm just going to see how Dallas would actually um, play. Um, on the injury report for the Las Vegas Aces, uh, Aja Wilson will not be um, playing. She has a high ankle sprain, um, so she will be out. Um, she's questionable, so that is um, still, I don't know what the outcome is of that is gonna be but uh Asia Wilson is on the injury report list uh, due to the to the fact that she was injured yesterday. I mean last night when um when we actually played uh when my Dallas Wings played at home in Dallas as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be a big game tonight for your Dallas Wings trying to uh, stave off elimination and even that series of one apiece with the, the Las Vegas aces, but uh, they've got a good team. They've made it this far, and so we'll we'll see what happens when that ball tips up at about nine o'clock tonight. What else you got for us?
3: Well, I'm actually going to be looking at uh, the uh, Chicago, uh, the Connecticut Suns and uh, Sabrina Unescu and P.P. Sabrina Unescu with the uh, the New York Liberty and uh, seeing how they're going to actually keep this uh, league uh, starting uh, tonight. And um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping things will go in Connecticut favor of winning this one in New York. So anything can happen between now and a few hours from tip-off as well.
1: Well actually James MVP was uh, Sabrina Iaskews teammate Brianna Stewart. She uh she huh. was the MVP.
3: Oh yes, yes, I almost forgot about uh uh, uh Brianna Stewart. I mean, she's a, she's an amazing um basketball player and I think that uh, Sabrina uh Brianna Stewart excuse me, Brianna Stewart, would be in a future uh, Hall of Famer of the WNBA sometime real soon, and I'm hoping that she'll get that opportunity to uh, be up there nominated with some of the uh, the New York Liberty uh, legends of the past as well.
1: Yeah, I'm sure she's on her way to a, to a Hall of Fame career here. She's already well on her way to that. What else you got for us today?
3: Well, I'm actually going to be looking at some uh, NBA uh, news as well because I know we're so far away from uh, the regular season of the NBA, which will start October the 24th. And I've been looking at like some different uh, teams that might make it to the NBA final
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: this year. I'm I'm looking at the Los Angeles Lakers, but I'm not quite sure if they look like a championship team. Um, I'm looking at the championship uh, NBA uh, finals, uh, the Denver Nuggets, and I think they're going to make it back to. The NBA Finals this year, and to actually meet up with the Denver Nuggets, my Dallas Mavericks might make a chance as well. So I'm just going to see how things are going to how things are going to look uh, with the with the trade deadline that's going to be uh, sometime around before the uh, before the opening uh, season of the 2023-2024 season as well.
1: Yeah, the Lakers still trying to get back to those playoffs, trying to get back into a championship contending form here with LeBron. Uh, and so we'll see how they do this year. And then yeah, that would be a, an interesting Western Conference finals between the Nuggets and your your Dallas Mavericks. But we'll see if uh Luca can can put the team on his shoulders and and uh carry them to a to a deep playoff run this year.
3: Yes, as well, because I've been looking at some different uh trades uh that the that the Dallas Mavericks might look at. And we're looking at really some great opportunities to get some other some other players from other teams, but I don't know who we're going to drop and who we're going to add this year as well. So I'm just going to see what what sources might actually say for my Dallas Mavericks as well.
1: Yeah, still a little bit of time before we get to the, uh, the first uh, game of the season here in about a month, month and a half uh, for the NBA. What else you got for us today, James?
3: Well, I know we're so far... We're so far out from um, bowl season, Mm -hmm. and I just got word that the Alabama Crimson Tide will not be playing in the New Year's Six Bowl this uh, next year. They will not make it to a New Year's Six Bowl or make it to a bowl season. So they are eliminated from actually making their chances of um, going into bowl season as well. So there will not be any Alabama... Um, bowl games for them this year their season has their bowl season has come to an end as well with that one loss to uh, texas as well
1: Well, where'd you hear that james
3: um i actually follow um espn so i get a lot of espn coverage on all college football news as well
1: okay and they they said that alabama was done for the new year six bowls
3: Yes, they are done for the New Year's Six Bowl because they actually looked at uh, their schedule and they they lost last couple, they lost last week against Texas, so they're not able to make it to this year's uh, next year's New Year's Six Bowl in 2024.
1: I still think they got a chance at a New Year's Six game this year. Yeah. I mean, the the latest bowl projections have them in like a Cotton Bowl or something against like a USC, which uh, would be a really interesting football game, but uh I don't think they're quite done. Uh, they they still got a long way to go, and you know we've seen a, a very interesting college football season so far, where a lot of the top teams have lost the game already, and so there's there's still a chance for them to uh, to to build a good season this year, and make a New Year Six yeah. Bowl, maybe a playoff spot.
2: And, yeah, they, that's the thing well. with with one loss, they, they still might be in the playoffs. Uh, now, if they lose another game, then that's going to put a put a crimp on it, but. I mean, with just one loss right now, they're, they're definitely still capable. If they went out, they're probably going to be in the top four in the championships.
1: Well, James, you, you brought up bowl season, so I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, the bowl projections that I just looked up has Auburn versus South Florida in the Gasparilla Bowl, and then okay. Troy versus Navy in the Camellia Bowl over in Montgomery. What are your thoughts on those two games?
3: Um, I will actually take the Camellia Bowl because I will be there this coming up December um, I think Navy. I, I I actually see the Navy midshipmen. I think they're really good. This is going to be their first time actually in the capital city, so um, I think this one is going to be a good uh, score. And the and the final score for this one would be Navy thirty-eight to Troy twenty.
1: Wow, close! Kind of a close game there.
3: Yes, that's well. And then I know we're playing. Uh, we're playing in the in the Gasparilla Bowl the the if Gasparilla right. Bowl Okay so this will be my first time ever watching this bowl game. I don't know where this uh stadium is at. So it, I think this is in Florida.
1: Yeah, it's it's where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play their games.
3: Okay. So I think Auburn will be South Florida because I did see South Florida last uh week. Um well last weekend over over the um week that I saw South Florida. Um, I think they play at Alabama, and I was um, I, w- I was looking at uh, South Florida, and I think Auburn is going to beat South Florida. So this one would be uh, forty-nine to Auburn, forty-nine to South Florida, twenty-two.
1: Wow, that's a that's a big high score for the Auburn Tigers this year. But still a long way to go before we get into
2: who's right. actually going to be in these bowls. That's just where they're thinking they might land right now. Four games yeah, into the season.
3: Yes, as well, because it it it's gonna be a tough thing it's gonna be a tough season for Auburn and I think Auburn is gonna win against Georgia this coming up weekend and I think we're we're actually gonna we're actually gonna bring a lot of uh a lot of you know, a lot of different things that we're gonna actually throw at uh Georgia as well to actually stop their high high their high power offense and their strong defense that they had as well. So I think if Peyton Thornton uh, doesn't make any mistakes, um, I'm hoping that we'll keep this game really interesting and uh, see what happens in the in the third and fourth quarter of the game.
1: That's right. We we like your energy there, James. We we hope that Peyton Thornton has a good game this weekend and uh, helps Auburn to uh, to if, if not win the game but keep it close with Georgia. What else you got for us today? Anything else? Oh.
3: Well, I actually opened up my, tri- my, uh, my trivia treasure chest, All and right. I actually pulled out something. And this coming up week on October the 1st would mark uh, my favorite race that I've been uh, watching for a long, long time, the Talladega Super Speedway race. So I would like to have some uh, Talladega uh, Super Speedway trivia as well.
1: All right. Well, do you mind if we give that to you tomorrow so we can have time um, to look sure. it up?
3: Yeah, sure.
1: All right. Well, we'll make sure that we write it down and make sure we get you Talladega Super Speedway trivia tomorrow. How's that sound?
3: All right, sounds good. And now, um, what's tomorrow uh, Wednesday? It is. Okay, so I think tomorrow would be Wacky Wednesday. So I have some really uh, crazy things about me as uh, being an Auburn fan and uh, seeing, you know, a lot of different things I've been at Auburn, like all the different. Um, events I've been to over the years at Auburn as well, and they're kind of wacky and a little silly as well.
1: All right, so Talladega Super Speedway trivia for you, and then you're going to tell us some wacky stories tomorrow about your time as an Auburn fan.
3: <laughs> yes, I am, indeed. All so right. Talk to you all guys tomorrow in War Eagle. War
1: Eagle, James. That sounds like a fun time. That was James from Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's go ahead and hit our final break of the first hour of the show when we come back we wrap up our number one of sports call on a tuesday right after this
0: Your attention please. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi. My name is
3: what? My name is my name is, my name is
0: Sports <coughs> Call on Tiger 95.9. This is Tim Sin, voice of the Beauregard Hornets, inviting
4: you to join me and the rest of the broadcast crew for another exciting season of Hornet football on Tiger 95.9. The Hornets are once again led by head coach Justin Jones and are hungry for another trip to the playoffs. Coverage of the Hornets begins 30 minutes before kickoff every game day. So don't miss a single second of Beauregard football action on Tiger 95.9. Brought to you by Southeastern Land Group, Troy Bank & Trust, Tiger Iron Gym, TK's Convenience Stores, and Glenn Smith's GMC, and Opelika. Get ready to smile.
3: I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back sports call on a tuesday i'm brooks childress tom Peavy joins me in studio ryan lavoie your usual host we'll be back tomorrow for a wednesday edition as we head into the weekend start heading into the weekend on wednesday you get over the hill over the hump hump day remember that commercial oh yeah that was fun i feel like we hey. had a. what day is it what day is it? i feel like we had that in our um in our treasure trove oh we did too at some point.
2: We can't do this. Yeah. Today's not a hunt day.
1: Though. Yeah. I was just looking to see if it was. Um, we've got this one in uh, in honor of uh, the race this weekend.
0: All right, guys. Here we go. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing at this big old Talladega racetrack, boys.
1: I forgot that that wasn't there. Well, they will go racing at that big old Talladega racetrack this yes, weekend. Yes, they will. Part of the NASCAR playoffs as they continue on. Uh, should be a really really fun race this weekend. James brought it up. Uh, what also should be fun this weekend and and hopefully get started tonight is the Atlanta Braves wrapping up their regular season. Two more series Let's get started tonight with the Chicago Cubs in town for three. Cubs still battling for a uh, for a wild card spot. Really, they're still in the division race too. Yep. Uh, I, I saw they uh, we're watching the um, the Dodgers and Rockies right now is on our TV on MLB Network and they they scrolled in the bottom. That uh, Milwaukee uh, wins the division tonight if they win or if Chicago loses, so it's down to that close or that, that that uh that down to the end there, so Milwaukee looking to finish things out tonight in the nL central uh still a big battle out in the uh, in the a l west there uh, Texas it looked like Houston had gotten everything together, and they were um, they were they were going to cruise in and then <laughs> The Royals came into town and did some damage. Now the the, the Rangers are back in it and could could, uh, could win that division over the Astros. So a lot of fun races and baseball going down. But like I said, the Braves back in action tonight. You can hear all the games on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. Uh, host the Cubs for three games tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday. And then they welcome in the Washington Nationals for three games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to the end of the regular season. They will not play next week as they have... Uh, the first round bye. they'll get started again. I believe the first full weekend of October uh, is that first is the DS gets started after the wild card round. But Tom, we, we got a few more minutes here uh, in the first hour. Let's chat about the Braves for, for a hot minute. Uh, since winning the division up in uh, Philadelphia two weeks ago, now they went to Miami, didn't do well there. No, nope. came back host of the Phillies, lost two out of three. Went back up to the Nationals uh, this past weekend. Ended up winning three of four, I believe. Something like that. Uh, and then they got the off day. Uh, and it's not, it, what, what I want to bring up here is not about the, the record since they won the division. It's about the injuries that have compiled up here. Max yeah. Fried's in the IL. Charlie Morton uh, on Friday night pitched one inning and was pulled. MRI showed he had a sprain uh, in one of his fingers. And now he's on the IL. I it. We'll, it started
2: out thought it was a blister. Yeah, but it's turned out more than that.
1: And so they he is on the IL now, not eligible. That that's the big one is he is he's now not eligible for the division series unless somebody else gets hurt and he's their replacement. Yeah. So the, the Braves have compiled some injuries, and it's in a position that you really don't want the injuries to to pile up in that starting rotation.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. You still got Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder out there. Um both who have done really well this season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, now is not the time that you want the the injury thing to start popping up. But, you know, they've got a lot of pitchers that can, uh, can take the slack off of them. You just hope that there's not a massive drop-off between the two guys that are that yeah. may not be able to play and, and uh, the guys that they have. So. The,
1: the good thing about it is that if, you know, with, with, the, with these series, you do get off days – and so if you had to cut cut it down the rotation down a little bit you could do that and still get guys back on rest because you're you're going to have a you know a game let's say you know the game the, the series starts on a Saturday we well, have an off day you don't play it till Monday so that's 2 days of rest for the Saturday start or the Sunday and Monday already and then you're going to have an off day the next day so that's 3 days of rest right um and then depending on how the schedule plays out you could get them back, you know, for the third the, the f- third or fourth game in that series. And so you, you get – it. The, that's the good thing about the playoffs is, is you, you insert – you know, you, you may you, – you, you, one, you cut down. You usually don't have a fifth starter in the, in the playoffs. You usually have four guys as you're starting rotation, and you're like, these are our guys to go in. But, that, you know, you, you can, in theory – it doesn't always work out this way, but in theory, you can even cut it down where you can, you know, get a guy back a little bit quicker – uh, and, and miss that fourth guy starting if you needed to in, in this situation, not have to go to a bullpen day. Yeah,
2: Freed is the one that's dealing with the blister. Yes. Not Morton. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's uh, kind of eerily similar to last year. You had guys go down in, in, from the pitching staff in mm-hmm. the playoffs, and it ended up hurting them as the Phillies beat them in the playoffs last year. Uh, but, uh, you know, last year you had... Um, uh strider was dealing with uh an oblique injury uh freed was uh had the flu mm-hmm. so uh i mean yeah you're hoping it's not going to be a repeat but i mean you know you're all you're already going to be without morton yeah uh at least through one of those series so hopefully it doesn't have that big of effect and and the bats can keep doing what they're doing and, and hopefully you don't need any major injuries out there in the amongst the field players because that's right now that that the lineup, the way they're hitting, uh, you need every one of those bats as you possibly can. Put the big numbers up on the board.
1: And the, what, what Braves fans don't want to hear, and I'm, I'm going to say it right now, they flashed a graphic up here on the TV a little bit ago. At the playoffs ended today, the Braves are the number one seed in the National League. Woohoo. You're matched up with the Phillies or they're, you're matched up with the wild card that the Phillies are involved in, right. which the Phillies are red hot right now. You just saw what the Braves and the Phillies uh, tangled for the last couple of weeks uh, in Philadelphia and then in Atlanta. The Phillies are not the team that you want uh, if you're the Braves. If if you're the Braves coming into this year, that's not the team you want to be matched up with in these playoffs. But it, it right now, like I said, if the playoffs ended today, or if the, if the playoffs started today, that's who the the Braves would be the wild card game they'd be matched up with. Right.
2: And, unfortunately, the Phillies were not the team that you wanted to be matched up against last year either. Nope. I mean, they came into the postseason red hot last year, and they handled the Braves just fine uh, in last year's playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, if you're the Braves, you're you're concerned that those injuries are, are starting to stack up on the pitching staff, and there might be a little bit of concern that you, it could be the Phillies that it, that could determine your season again. So, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully Freed's deal will not be too bad and then hopefully they can advance enough to get Morton back with them.
1: Uh, if the playoffs ended right now and uh, brought up the graphic now on my uh, on the com- handy dandy computer screen here Braves matched up with the wild card that features the Phillies would be the four the Diamondbacks would be the five and then the Dodgers are the two seed matched up with uh, division rivals the Brewers and the Cubs for the three and six seed on the NL side on the AL side Baltimore will be the number one overall seed Texas will be the number two overall seed Toronto and Tampa Bay would uh, match up to play the Orioles, and then the Astros and the Twins would match up to play the Rangers. So a lot of fun stuff coming up here in uh, the next couple of weeks when it comes to MLB playoff time. The Braves, as we said, uh, looking to – I I don't think they've officially locked up that number one overall seed in either the playoffs or the National League, uh, but they're getting close. It's getting close, and right now what's helping them – uh, in this game, is Colorado is up three to nothing, I believe, on the uh, the Dodgers right here uh, as we're about to go to break. Now three to one, top of the six. Dodgers have runners at first and third with two outs. Uh, Miguel Rojas at the plate for the Dodgers. And so if the the Rockies can beat the Dodgers here, and the Braves can win tonight against the Cubs, that'll help their cause. End of our number one here on Tiger ninety five point nine Sports Call Auburn. When we come back after this, it'll be hour number two following that hour number three and that's how numbers work and that's how this show works we will return i'm brooks childress tom Peavy sits across from me when we come back it'll be back to the orthopedic clinic phone line at the top of the hour uh, for more of your phone calls right after this break and your atlanta braves morning update from the braves radio network this is sports call on tiger 95.9
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the Plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Hour number two of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 on the Tiger Communications app and, of course, on our website, thetiger.fm. Streaming live, I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Tom Peavy this afternoon, two-man booth. For you on a Tuesday, two for Tuesday, I guess you could call it, here on Tiger 95.9. Uh, if you're also listening on the Sports Call Podcast, want to thank you so much. Sports Call Podcast, which is brought to you by our friends over at Coca Cola. You're Miss Sports Call Live, or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to the show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Join Ice Cold Coca Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca Cola, taste the feeling. I was enjoying a vanilla Coke during the first hour of the show. And so uh continue to support our fine sponsors on this program. We've talked a lot about Auburn, Texas A&M. Uh, we've talked a little about the Atlanta Braves as we've gone on here this afternoon. Uh, and right now it's time to get back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of little East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com. For more information we head back to that orthopedic clinic phone line and we take a trip now to talk to our friend let's try that again we take a trip now to talk to our friend war
0: there Steve there it
1: is technical difficulties war retired Wardam steve joins us on the orthopedic clinic phone line steve how are you doing this afternoon
5: well well guys it's good to hear the, the dynamic duo alive and well and kicking that's right all right speaking of kicking guys uh heard the comments that you've made uh, I've had a chance to listen to last night's podcast. Uh, I hope that uh, Mr. Uh, Ryan LaVoy has not had to find or rent a uh, uh, canoe yet.
1: <laughs> That's right. It got a little rainy down there in Tampa last night.
5: Yeah, just a little. Well, he's been double whammy. Not only really did Auburn, uh, lose, but then he had to go in person and see his own team lose, and he couldn't turn off the channel. That's right. Oh, well. Um, other things are eventually going to come our way. Hey, do you want uh, the good the bad and the ugly. Well, which
1: one to go with first? Uh you know what? It's Tuesday. We're still in the first part of the week. Let's start positive. Let's go good.
5: All right. Let's go with good then. We'll start with Mister Acuna. Yeah. He yeah. now belongs to the exclusive forty forty club of which there are only how many people? Until he he joined it, for four four people. Wow. I didn't four. know that. Yeah. Those people are Conseco, the infamous Barry Bonds, the infamous Arod. And I don't know the gentleman, Alfonso
1: Soriano. He was a really good hitter yeah. mid to mid to late 2000s? 2006,
5: yeah. That tells you how much I don't pay attention to Major League Baseball. So he's in an elite club. That's right. 40. Not only did he get to 40-40, guys, but then I read this from Bleacher Report. He has now tallied 68 stolen bases. Nobody has ever done that before, they said, uh, during a 40-homer season. I did not know that.
2: Yeah. Uh, and that's why he's probably going to win the MVP.
5: Well, is there anybody
2: else uh, you know close to M- um, Mookie him? Mookie Betts.
1: Yeah, there, there's a big, uh, big campaign out there by some of the national media people to uh, to get Mookie Betts in the as the MVP this year.
5: Well, he's hitting according to beat reports: three thirty-six, four fifteen, five ninety-five with two ten hits, thirty-four doubles, one hundred one RBIs and 143 runs scored and 68 steals. Is the other guy that
2: that, that good? Uh, I mean, his stats are good. I, I don't have the stats directly in front of me, but uh, one of the things with uh, bets that they say goes in his favor is the fact that he plays an infield position, and so his defensive work also gets a lot of notoriety, whereas playing right field, you don't get quite the notoriety out there as you do uh, playing on the infield, and so – that's why the, some of the folks are trying to say Betts was, is the guy that should be MVP.
1: His, uh, I got his stats right here for this year. He's got 174 hits, 125 runs scored, 40 doubles, th- uh, one triple, 39 home runs, 105 RBIs, 13 stolen bases. Okay. I don't think he
5: comes close with stats.
1: That Acuna getting in. Yeah, it, and it, it's like Tom said, it, it's it's a, really a lot of his defensive work, especially on the infield, because uh, he, he plays both. He plays right field and he plays second base for the for the Dodgers. And so you uh, you got both of those positions defensively going for him. Acuna, you know, just right field for the Braves. Sometimes he will do some DHing if uh, if he needs a little bit of a rest day. But um, that that's the biggest thing is the defensive stats coming in for Mookie Betts. But I, I'm I'm with Tom. I'm in the same camp. I don't think it's, it should be anybody but Acuna, but like I said, there's, there's a few people in the national media that are, are waving the, the Mookie Betts flag, especially some of those West Coast national media folks. When does the MVP uh, uh, vote, when they actually occur? Uh, sometime here in the postseason, I believe, because it, it won't count with the postseason stats. So it should be sometime in October? Yeah, it should be yeah. sometime in October. Okay. And it's strictly from the writers, is that right? Yeah, it, it's uh, writers and and media personality and people that um that uh, are around the sport.
5: No fans are involved in the voting, right? Uh,
1: not that I'm aware of. Okay.
5: All right. Uh, now, how many games are left for the Braves? For the six. Braves
1: six. They so got three against the Cubs and three against the Nationals.
5: What do they have to win? Or. What do the Dodgers have? Is it the Brewers or the Dodgers that challenge
1: them? It's the uh, the Dodgers are in second or uh, the second seed right now. Uh, let's see if I can pull up those standings for for uh, the number one overall seed. The Braves are four, three and a half games. Uh, yeah, three and a half games up. So, uh, you know, the, the Braves just have to win uh, what four games, I think. Yeah, they have to win four games. No matter what the Dodgers do, they got to win four games. If they don't win four games? And the Dodgers have to lose a few. And they're they're yeah. losing right now to the uh the, the Brewer or not the Brewers, <clears throat> the Rockies, three to one. So when, when is the lock?
5: What how many games have to be lost by uh, the Dodgers for it to be no chance uh it's all for Atlanta?
1: Um, if the if, if they both yeah, let's let's say in the the scenario that they both lose starting today. You know, if, if they lose it would be two two games if they both lost because the, at that point you get to four games left in the season with three and a half to go um, or maybe it's three games one one either two two or three games the Dodgers have to lose and the Braves would also have to lose
5: okay all right uh so the opponents that are facing the Braves um this should be a struggle or not a struggle for them to uh, to beat
1: them. The weekend against the the Nationals should not be. You saw the Braves go up to Washington, and take three out of four this past weekend. Uh, the right, one's
5: coming up tonight.
1: And but the one's coming up tonight. The Cubs they're still battling for uh, for a wild card spot. They're or they're also still battling for the the division. They're six games back of the of the Brewers. Uh, if the Brewers win or the Cubs lose tonight, the Brewers win that uh, that division. But uh, for the wild card. The Cubs are in that third spot, and they're only a game up on the Marlins, so they they're going to be battling. They're going to be out there pl- tra- playing for their playoff lives uh, these next three games. Okay, so who's
5: playing looser tonight?
1: Who's playing looser? Um, God, probably the Braves are, are a little bit looser because they've already got the the DS wrapped up by the Cubs of the pressure on them. Because, like I said, if they draw the the My- the Marlins are playing the Mets uh, for three, uh, the Mets are eliminated. But the Marlins are one game back. Reds are two and a half games back. San Francisco's four and a half games back. The, Dod- or the uh, Padres are five and a half games back. Uh, and so the Cubs, if you, if you just drop one, you drop that game tonight, and the, the Marlins win their game tonight, then it is a, a dead tie for, for that, uh, that wild card spot. And then you'd have to go to tiebreakers right now.
5: Okay, I'm busy. <laughs> <All
1: right. laughs> all right. Don't you
2: love it? Yeah. As words, it's still up for grabs all back behind the Braves. Yeah.
5: Yeah, it, it's never easy for the Braves. Yeah, just like uh, Auburn. All right. Uh, have you seen uh, or read about Mr. Feinbaum's predictions about Auburn? Have not. From Athlon Sports?
1: I have not seen those. What, are, what did he say? Yeah,
5: by Mr. Zach McKendall. Hard Feinbaum is the, a headline title predicts things could get worse for one SEC team. I said, gee, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> And, yeah, sure. my team and your team, uh, he said, in fact, uh, on uh, McElroy and Kubelik's in the morning uh, show that uh, he does not see things getting better for the Tigers moving forward. In fact, he quotes, he says, I think it will get worse, frankly, because of what's ahead Saturday. So there you go, guys. Uh, he still thinks he's that the bowl game is what this season has all been about. And he says, uh uh, I think every week will be like Saturday in the sense that there will be struggles. But he thinks um, that we can still get to six wins. I said, okay. All right. And then my heart had a defibrillation, almost a uh, 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 moment there. Because I came across this article, guys. And it comes from Fan Nation. All right. It comes from Dogs Daily of Fan Nation. And the title that caught my attention was Computer model projects Auburn to defeat Georgia this weekend.
2: All right, it's a weird computer. Have you computer. seen the
5: story? <laughs> Have you seen the story?
2: No, I, I saw the headline, but I didn't click on it.
5: I said, "Let me, let me see this." You know, Is uh, it was written by an Auburn person. No, story is by Tyler Graves, and here is what I found out. It says heading Saturday's showdown on the plains, of course Georgia saved by fourteen. I thought it was 15 and a half points, and then a computer on a website called College Football Nerds, a football YouTube channel that takes an analytical approach that says to analyzing and projecting college football games, is challenging the prevailing wisdom. How about that? Mm -hmm. And it says the channel relies on a computer model to aid them in predicting games every fall Saturday, and that model has a startling projection. It predicts that Auburn will beat Georgia on Saturday. Here's how close the computer model picks it. What do you think is there the the gap for Auburn to win?
1: Gosh, I don't know.
2: I I mean, I would have to say I say I was actually thinking just a point.
5: Very good. It says according to the model, the Tigers favored. Get this to defeat the Bulldogs, thirty point seven
1: to thirty point six. Wow, less than a point. Yeah.
5: So now, in defense, uh, the college football nerds tweeted. Explain explained the following reason for their computer thinking this. It says, The fascinating stat that led our model favoring Auburn over Georgia is this. Georgia has yet to allow 3.5 yards per carry in FBS play. Mm-hmm. Every opponent, though, has set their FBS season high in rushing versus Georgia. And it goes on to say the computer model says that Georgia's opponents are so bad that dominating them appears below average defensively. So there you have it, guys. Uh, I have no reason to panic or anxiety, or to even uh, yell, you know, any obscenities uh, uh, come Saturday.
1: Yeah, I guess not.
5: Oh, so, uh, the only thing I was thinking. Now I was thinking before I was coming on here, guys. I, I have a, a a solution to us really winning this game. Okay. Okay, and that is if somehow you know. Our guys, our coaching staff, or uh, the uh, athletic department, you know, could go ahead and convince somehow SEC officials, okay, to allow us to be given 16 points on the scoreboard, as Vegas <laughs> says. All right? Then we're winning 16 to nothing, no sweat there. And if we can manage to score maybe a touchdown defensively and a field goal, and then our defense holds them to less on those points, we got it.
1: Yeah, that, I
5: think uh, I think that's how they should do games from here on out. Okay, I spot because the spot the, the underdog. Faces, whatever the, uh, the, the 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 underdogs you know are are not favored by, um, whatever they're getting, put it on the scoreboard to begin the game, and then the other team has to outdo it.
1: That'd be interesting. That that'd be an interesting concept. What you say about
5: games like that, like in Colorado Oregon game, Colorado started out with twenty one points. Uh-huh. wouldn't that make the game a lot more interesting for everybody
1: i mean it and and make it uh and make it somewhat interesting yeah
5: because you see that's how it was for me when I was betting I either was forty one points ahead or twenty one points behind to begin the game yeah and that actually kept me from falling asleep uh during the games and actually being invested in the game but anyway all right uh I uh, am going tangent here. All right, so let's let's continue, guys, um, with the, uh, what I call Captain Obvious. You know those commercials with uh,
1: of the Capital One? Who, who does the Capital Obvious stuff? Uh, it was um, at maven Capital One. I, don't I think don't, it um, was
2: Capital yeah. One. I actually dressed this Cap- in for Hall- Halloween a few years ago.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Mr. The Captain Obvious uh, is Mr. Cole Kubler.
1: Okay.
5: Okay, and the reason is, because apparently, on his uh, show, uh, I think it was yesterday or this morning, and I got this from Auburn on cover one of the bloggers, says that uh, yeah. <clears throat> Captain Obvious, Co Cubelick, because I like, Cole. Uh, he's really reluctant to say very, very positive things for Auburn, not just this year, but in the past. But he says the following in his podcast Along the six facts that uh, Auburn had to endure, there were, get this, 15 TFLs. Packers for loss. Yeah. Yep. He said that is an astounding number. Then he goes on for this Captain Obvious observation. Thorne's unwillingness to get rid of the ball to him was very troubling. And I was reading that yesterday, guys. Someone who's a fifth-year senior who's played Power 5 teams, um, what, what explains this unwillingness to get rid of the ball?
2: I, I, you know, I that I don't know. That's one of the things that we've been asking, and it's kind of a a, a concern. The fact that he he's just he's not anticipating guys getting open, uh, and then when he does throw the guys that are open, he's overthrowing them. So uh, he he's just got to anticipate better and get the ball out of his hands. Well, I know he has to do that, but what explains that he hasn't done it as yet
5: very often? But did he have these troubles at Michigan State, guys? Because I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, so two years ago he was really good, but he was not really very good last year. Uh, in fact, when Auburn got him, there were a lot of Michigan State fans that were kind of laughing and saying, man, y'all can have him.
5: Right, but, uh, I read those comments. Yeah. And yet the explanations I got from the other side was that, hey, he had a horrendous offensive line that didn't do any any favors for it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. He, But he also had a he had a big-time wide receiver Ken, uh, who is currently at Florida State doing a lot of big things. So that always helps when you have a guy like that. So
5: I'm just trying to figure out, you know, do good quarterbacks come to Auburn just to
2: become, you know, garbage? No. Uh, they've it's, it's been a situation where offensive line has not been very good. It's still got some struggles. And then uh, wide receivers that have trouble getting open a lot of times. And, uh, you know, his, his inability to pull the trigger, I think, is a combination of that. I think he's feeling that pressure from the offensive line. And then he's so used to receivers not being able to get open that when they get open, it's I know it's kind of a surprise. And you know he's he's but he's got to anticipate that he's got to see the play, make the read, and and throw, as they say, throw the guy open if if he's covered. And you know, again, I'll, I'll
5: say yesterday maybe I'm being a dead horse, but what I can't make sense of is that you know we were told by Coach Freeze uh, that when they made decision that Thorne was going to be a starter, they were based on the criteria that. He, he he performed in a way that they were looking for he, he, he was the one that made uh, really good had good decision making and was the most accurate. yeah and let, of those things
2: have have come true against top five teams well, let, let's also keep in mind that there was also a scrimmage I guess it was where uh, he mm-hmm. came out and said that he thought that he had his guy but the you know the scrimmage kind of made him wonder about some things a lot of us thought that it's like we just kind of blew that off. as like, oh, yeah, whatever, it's still going to be Peyton Thorne, and maybe he's just trying to light a fire up under the other two guys' rear ends. Well, now the sample size we've, we've seen from Peyton Thorne, maybe that's the case, and uh, he's just woefully inconsistent.
5: Yeah, and, you know, I've heard your comments about the coach that you said you spoke with who apparently I think he has some bias towards Robbie Ashford. Yeah. Uh, but But, Robbie, but, but, but not, yeah. He's just not a, a quarterback passer.
2: Well, he's a good athlete yeah well it's um, well this this coach was saying that robbie can throw the ball a lot better than people are getting giving him credit for well, where's and i was that? We and I, see- well no i I and i was like yeah well you know i'd like to see that but i mean this is a guy that only threw what 42 percent last year uh so I mean, we've seen enough sample size from him to realize that he is not very good at throwing the ball now has he improved dramatically from last year i don't know but i you know it feels like that if this team and this offensive staff are wanting to throw the ball, it's going to be more Peyton Thorne and and not Robbie.
5: And yet, I heard about, you know, I said yesterday, I'd go with Holden Gerner. And your coach, source says Holden Gerner has a strong arm. Very and, strong
2: arm, uh, just a little bit inconsistent.
5: Yeah, you know, and I don't know how accurate he may or may not be. We haven't seen enough sample of that. But, again, I say, hey, you know, why not just go ahead and give him a go? Because, of course, though, I'm not a practice. I'm not one of the coaches. None of us are. So we don't know, you That's know, right. uh, and then we don't know. Okay, is this is this going to continue this battle between uh, I'm going to let Phil Montgomery make the play calls, I'm not going to interfere, or now I'm going to have to go now because I have heard some conspiracies, guys, and you tell me, you know, how these things even get started. But people are on two forty-seven, but on two forty-seven, people are coming those conspiracies that Freeze, who was hired by our administration, uh and was dictated to as to uh, what kind of offense he'd be running, who he could hire offensive coaches. And I said, are you kidding me? You guys, please tell me you don't buy that that nonsense. Uh,
2: I, I don't buy that. I, I think there may have been two guys on that staff as coaches that the university didn't necessarily pressure him, but they were like, hey, we'd like to have these guys back. And, of course, he was like, well, yeah, I want them too. So, but I, it, I'm not buying any of the conspiracy theories on anything else with it. I mean, you. I mean, I hope to believe that,
5: You know, Freeze is he, he is his own, and he ain't letting other people tell him what to do. Like it's been alleged by Malzahn, uh when he was here, and by Tullville or whatever. I mean, he he has right the, the the knowledge and and the courage to say no. I ain't taking a job if I got to do this crap, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel like there's you know there's probably. When when you know he, he gets around those you know some of the the big time boosters and the big time folks they they say hey you know this guy's doing pretty good and you know they they throw out names but ultimately at the end of the day it, it's Hugh Freeze's decision and like Tom said I'm sure there was there was two guys on that staff uh, both former Auburn players that are currently on that staff that they they didn't tell him you have to keep these guys but they said hey you see what these guys have, have done for us maybe you know maybe maybe keep them on bone. yeah
5: okay so. Um, I'm hoping my my take is that, hey, this guy uh, knows he better get it right or this may be his last opportunity to be a coach uh, in the SEC. Uh, And he's picking the people that he thinks are going to help him win, right? That's right. So, um, I I mean, I don't see – I'm hearing conspiracy theories now that uh, people's um, heads are on the chopping block on the offensive side. Uh, Marcus um, – Marcus Harris or Marcus Davis?
1: Yeah.
5: The uh, wide receiver's coach? Yeah, Marcus Davis. Uh, Yeah, and that uh, Phil Montgomery, maybe uh, his neck is on on chopping block. Guys, you see he he really realistic – Possibilities of that happening anytime during the
1: season? Not during the season. Um, you, you know, It, depend, it, it er, things can change, but I, I think that everybody kind of understands what the you know what this uh, what Hugh Freeze is working with, and he's he's even you know come out and said it. Uh, leading into the season, and in several, you know, several times since then, that you know they're still not where they want to be roster wise. So so, just you know, I, I think that y- you got to look at it. If you know if your folks out there that are that are looking to call for for coaches, you, you got to look at what what they're working with, and you got to give them a little bit to to get their guys in here, and then start playing with uh, with their recruited guys because we we all know, uh, and you know, we we talked about it on this program for three years. Uh, you know, everybody was uh, complained about how Malzahn left certain positions at, at Auburn, and then everybody was complaining how overall recruiting wise, uh, Harson had left uh, the the, the stat- status of this roster, and so Hugh Freeze, we all knew that he had a big task ahead of him, and so just because you, you see some struggles this year doesn't mean that you, you have to go ahead and you know, start changing things already.
5: And then another criticism that well look, you know, who uh, Freeze ended up you know, taking as a quarterback to, you know, as he, they, they say, it, oh, was going to be the starter no matter what. Well, I'll say, wait a minute now, you know, yeah, I wonder about his evaluation, but then he didn't have a big basket, you know, a pool of, of quarterbacks to choose from, did he?
1: No, there, there's a few, um, but, you know, it, it's it really wasn't a lot of elite quarterbacks uh, you had I'm thinking back to since Hugh Freeze got here, you had the rumors that um, the the Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina was coming, uh, was going to stop was going to come here, but then it was academic stuff or something was the rumor that he didn't end up coming here, went back to Coastal Carolina. You were in the mix for the Oklahoma State quarterback who ended up at Ole Miss, who ended up not winning the job at Ole Miss, which you know you you if you go to another Power Five school and you don't win the job there after being a starter at one, you you guess hey what well, you know. Was he the guy that right the right guy for it? And then it came down to Peyton Thorne or uh, Casey Thompson, the former Nebraska quarterback, and you know he, he ended up going, uh, winding up at FAU. And so you know it it really wasn't there was a, there was names that you recognized in the portal, but nobody that was like oh it was, there was no Caleb Williams in the portal this year.
5: Okay, so there was really a small pool that he could choose from, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, that's, uh, that's about all I got, guys. So I'm going to go with the uh, computer prediction here, and we win 30.7, 30. 30.6. 30.
1: I hope the computer's right. All
5: uh, right, okay, guys. So that's uh, so all I've got, guys. Hey, thanks so much for, again, letting me be on the air, and uh, the, the therapy uh, is, is well, uh, you know, uh, it, it benefits me every day. So you guys are appreciated for that. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Mr. Brian the boy back. That's right. Uh, hopefully he'll be dried out.
1: <laughs> I hope so.
5: All uh, right, you guys have a safe afternoon. And uh, no matter what anyone else tells you, it's War Eagle always.
1: War Eagle, yeah, Steve. War Eagle, Bud. That was retired Wardham Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's hit our first break of hour number two when we come back. More sports call right after this. <laughs>
0: Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call, Auburn.
1: Welcome back. Tuesday edition of Sports Call continues on. I'm Brooks Shoulders, joined by Tom Peavy, Ryan Lavoy. Making his way back from Tampa, Florida, he'll be back in studio tomorrow afternoon. Tom will be back as well tomorrow afternoon. Cam Barry will be back tomorrow afternoon. Three-man booth once again. Uh, update for the Braves fans: keeping an eye on the postseason battles. It's four to one now. A solo home run in the top of the seventh inning, or the bottom of the bottom of the sixth. The top bottom of the seventh inning for the uh, Colorado Rockies. They're up four to one. Dodgers just had runners first and second in the top half in the next inning couldn't get anybody in so we move on so the Rockies chance to give a give the Braves a little extra cushion going into tonight yep. bump that up to four games for the uh the Braves lead uh instead of three and a half over the Dodgers for that number one overall seed in the National League and then Braves still battling for that number one overall seed in the playoff or yeah for the uh for the entirety of the playoffs uh, 334 8, 8, 887 one locally, toll free, 1 888 9 Tiger United. So you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line if you would like to join us. We just had a great call from retired Ward and Steve, just like do, we do every single day. If you missed that call or you missed anything from the show today, you're just getting in your car, getting off work, you make sure you go back and listen to the show. Later on tonight, after it gets posted, the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to the show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy a nice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling that SoundCloud, uh, the the podcast is available on SoundCloud at Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tune in, of course, on our free app, Tiger Communications app, available in the App Store and Google Play wherever you get your apps uh, i know we don't do this anymore but wanted to shout out a uh, big birthday today in the sports world you can find our birthdays we still post them every single day on our twitter at sports call AU. uh serena williams celebrating her 42nd birthday okay. today tennis legend serena williams that's a pretty big birthday uh and then henry lawrence also celebrating his birthday today so a couple birthdays on tap today also on our twitter uh the The tweet has popped off, so I'm glad that people are actually uh, people are listening to us uh, because it's popped off since I talked about it in the first hour. But we're giving away two tickets to the Deep South's oldest rivalry this weekend. Want you to be there on our Twitter at SportsCallAU. Uh, you can find a tweet giveaway. All you have to do is like it, retweet it, and tag a friend in the comment. For your chance to win two tickets to Auburn versus Georgia this weekend, And pretty good seats, too. Uh, I, I can attest. Uh, I've looked at them uh, pre-game before uh, this year. And so there's some, some pretty good seats over on the east side of the stadium. But we got a pair of tickets for you uh, on our Twitter page, at Sports Call Like the tweet, retweet it, and tag a friend in the comments. We'll choose a winner Thursday at noon and then uh, we will message them, so make sure your, your DMs are open so we can message you and we get those tickets, and you have to come and pick them up here at our station before 5 p.m. on Friday. As we move on here on Sports Call on this Tuesday edition, uh, Auburn, Texas A&M this past week is still talking about that, getting ready to talk about uh, Auburn and Georgia. We'll dive into some more games uh, from the college football season coming up here in just a bit. But we talked a lot of offense. We talked a lot of offense here in the last couple days because you know, that's the big glaring uh, thing that stood out from Saturday. But I want wanted to shift over, look at the defensive side of things, uh, Tom. You look at that first half uh, with the starting quarterback, Connor Wegman. He was he was healthy for most of that first half. Only gave up six points, and all of them came in the first quarter off of two field goals. Yeah. It was Max Johnson that came in in the second half and uh, got things started for them uh, after Connor Wegman got hurt, put up 21 points in the second half, uh, two passing touchdowns and then a rushing touchdown for Max Johnson in that Texas a offense. But of course, you had the the fumble recovery and a return for a touchdown from Eugene Asante. Also on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, again, it, it it I think you mentioned it yesterday, but the defense looked fine. They looked at, they got out there and they looked fine. And it was just another one of those situations uh, we've seen. We've it it feels like we've come almost accustomed to hearing this phrase. They were out there. And they just got tired out. They were out there so much that they just got tired out a little bit toward the end.
2: Yeah. So, you know, in the third quarter, like we've mentioned, kind of beating this dead horse, the offense had two total yards of offense. Well, if you only have two total yards of offense, that means that you're not on the field all that much. And, I mean, it's just that it becomes a grind with your defense. And, yeah, they're going to wear out. Any defense would. Uh, And that's why you've got to be able to get some run support to help them and, and, uh, you know, get the things done on third down on the offensive side of things. That, that defense has, has been good for the most part. I mean, there's been a couple of plays here and there that you kind of look at and wince, but, I mean, most of it is good. Uh, and, I mean, Eugene, uh, uh, Eugene Asante has shown that he can be a force out there. I mean, we've seen him on the sack parade, but then we saw the scoop and score. You've seen guys getting a push from the internal. Uh, I mean, that defense is fine. You just got to give them something. You got to give them a break, man. I mean, you're, you can't just keep having them out there when the offense is struggling that bad. So that's the biggest thing. I, I'm really, really impressed with the defense and everything about it. Just uh, I hate they have to be on the field the vast majority of the time.
1: And I, I think you're starting to see a little bit of that uh, uh, plague them a little bit. Uh, quite a few injuries on that defense side of the ball, too, now starting to pile up. I know... Uh, a couple in the the secondary. Donovan Kaufman was one that was big this past weekend, where he tried to give it. He was did not play in that Samford game. Tried to give it a go this weekend, and uh, it was noted on a TV broadcast, and I'm sure everybody else saw it out there that he came up uh, uh, came up limp quite a few times in that Texas A&M game. And so this could uh, you could you know we we talk about the defense being very very good. We could start get to a, a situation here going down the stretch that. Um, you don't want to be in where your defense is just out there so much that they are they they wear themselves out and it, it's prone to more injuries on that defensive side of the ball. And then what? Then you know you, the the side of the ball that you're uh, you're more confident in uh, they start to go downhill a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, I mean you, you've said it the way it needs to be said. Uh, defense is just going to have to have help from the offense. They they're playing great, but can't keep them out there and let them wear down like that your strength and conditioning can only go so far when you when you're out there and, and again also in texas a&m you wore down because i mean it was over 100 degrees yeah so you're at 11 o'clock well by that time it had been around noon o'clock so the hottest part in the day and you're out there trying to get it done and you you know you come off the sideline and barely even have enough water to, or barely have enough time to squirt a little bit of water in your mouth and you're having to turn around and go right back out there again so it's so one of many things that needs to get fixed. And if
1: you're looking for positives, let's let's turn our attention now to the the Georgia game this weekend. It, it's been noted, uh, and I, I know that you know the Georgia faithful have not been happy with uh, play calling or how the offense has looked this year. Uh, if if you're looking at, you know positives to go into this weekend, uh, if this Auburn defense can come in and play a really stout game and keep that Georgia team off the board, I know the offense hasn't looked well, and that's not you know has not performed uh when they when you mentioned it earlier played power 5 opponents tom but if if you if you can get the defense to have a a, a a game this weekend that holds that Georgia offense off the board even into the second half when they've they've started to score a little bit you put yourself in a position that maybe maybe you pull yeah. off a shocker
2: yeah i mean that's the thing is that you know if if as long as they can keep that game close into the you know the latter portion of the second half then that's going to give auburn a hope and, and uh, another thing that we've mentioned it's not like they weren't calling up plays. I mean, yeah. they, they called up plays that were sure for our touchdowns, and the quarterback just couldn't get the ball to them. So if they can work that off, work that out, then it may be a, a dangerous uh, little team with their, their defense in once that offense gets going.
1: Auburn's defense, one of the strong suits this year. We'll talk more about that as we go along here on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Let's go ahead and take our final break of our number two when we come back. We'll dive into some NFL talk. We'll go talk a little bit about the Atlanta Falcons. They had their first loss this weekend to the Detroit Lions. We'll dive into that just a bit when we come back here on Tiger 95.9.
0: Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go.
4: This is Tim Sin, voice of the Beauregard Hornets, inviting you to join me and the rest of the broadcast crew for another exciting season of Hornet football on Tiger 95.9. The Hornets are once again led by head coach Justin Jones and are hungry for another trip to the playoffs. Coverage of the Hornets begins 30 minutes before kickoff every game day. So don't miss a single second of Borgard football action on tiger 95.9 brought to you by board drugs auburn bank jeff co-trent funeral home coca-cola and glenn smith chevrolet gmc and opelika get ready to smile this is philip lolly former auburn tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 national championship team and you are listening to sports call
1: the ninth inning in Colorado 4-1 the Rockies lead the Dodgers the 8-9-1 spots are due up for LA Dodgers three outs away from beating the or the uh, the Rockies three outs away from helping the Braves that's what I meant to say flying ball to center that should be out number one it's two outs away positive things for the Braves to come you can listen to those Braves on our sister station AM 1230 WAUD The uh, pregame show gets started here in just about 15, 20 minutes. We'll take you all the way up to 6 o'clock here on Tiger 95.9. Then you can switch over there and listen to the pregame show. And then the Braves get started about 6.20 tonight against the Chicago Cubs. Listen to every single Atlanta Braves game on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. We take you from spring training all the way through the postseason. We we very much uh, love our, our affiliation with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, all year long over there other stuff you can listen to on our stations this week the high school coaches show back in action tomorrow night from the end zone bar and grill i'll be out there tp hammock will be joining me again this week as we talk to uh the high school local high school coaches around the area a few teams on uh on by this week and so it's uh we'll be reviewing next week talk about uh, uh we'll be reviewing last week's games Talking about what they're getting uh, getting ready to do on the bye week uh, this week, uh, but a lot of good high school football action. I was going through it last night. Uh, Auburn High visits Ramsey, who is number one in five A. Uh, uh, Opelika taking a long trip down to Mobile, taking on Theodore uh, this weekend. Or the the non-regional
2: weekend. weekend. Uh,
1: being, big non mid mid season non-region weekend. Uh, Benjamin Russell, uh, we know we got some people listening to us in Alex City. They travel to play Smith Station, who's on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. So a lot of good action around the area uh, this Friday night. Listen to the preview of that tomorrow night right here on Tiger 95.9 with the High School Coach Show. Then, like I said, you can listen to Smith Station football on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9 on Friday night. Brandt will have the call for you. Uh, I'll also be helping him out with that. I'll be running studio and and doing a halftime show. And then after that, make sure you listen to the AHSAA Radio Network Scoreboard Show uh, over on the FM Talk ninety three point nine. We got college football this weekend over on FM Talk ninety three point nine. A night game: the Iowa State Cyclones visit the Oklahoma Sooners uh, via our friends over at Compass Media. Uh, looked like a better game preseason. Oh, uh, Iowa State has not lived up to the hype no. so
2: far. Oklahoma has, has over over stated their hype. Over yeah. lived their hype. They, or- they're
1: they're. Uh, they're, Surpassed yeah, they're, they're surpassing expectations so far through the year.
2: That's what my very sleepy brain <laughs> was trying to come up
1: with. Uh, and then Sunday morning, right here on Tiger 95.9, the Atlanta Falcons, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 8.30 a.m. kickoff. I didn't, I didn't stutter. I didn't misspeak that. 8.30 a.m. kickoff right here on Tiger 95.9 for the London game against Jacksonville. Pre-game starts at 6.30 a.m. So if you're up early on Sunday, Make sure you listen to that. Uh, speaking of the Falcons, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about them. Uh, two and one on the year. Got their first two wins of the year against Carolina and Green Bay uh, at home. Went on the road for the first time this past weekend to Detroit. Didn't look good. Twenty to six was the final from the Motor City. Desmond Ritter, uh, his first big uh, struggle game, wow. I would say, as the starting quarterback for the Falcons. Uh, he was twenty-one of thirty-eight for two hundred one yards, no touchdowns. Rushed two times, only for three yards. Averaged a yard and a half per carry there. Uh, but no touchdowns. You had a field goal from young Koo in the first quarter. And then you had a field goal from yung Koo in the fourth quarter uh, was the scoring for the Falcons. Uh, the Lions, on the other hand, Jared Goff, 22 for 33 for 243 yards. A touchdown and an interception. uh, big touchdown catch from Sam Laporta, eight, uh, who is he's becoming a young star right now, eight for 84, uh, and a one touchdown, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, nine receptions, 102 yards on that afternoon for the Lions. And, yeah, there, there's some things that, that's got to get better on that offensive side of the ball, especially with Desmond Ritter at quarterback for those, the, the Atlanta Falcons if, uh, if they're going to go far in the postseason. Uh, the, the good news, if you look for the Atlanta Falcons, is the rest of the NFC South is not great. Uh, no it's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think have exceeded expectations a little bit yeah. uh, but they they lost the Eagles last night the Carolina Panthers I humble, you know not humble uh, you just feel bad they're, they're still looking for their first win of the year they''re they're, they're trying to get out uh, get out of their own way a little bit and then the New Orleans Saints they looked fine and then this past weekend you get up 17 to nothing on Green Bay Derek Carr goes out and you give up 18 unanswered to lose 18 to 17. And so uh, if you're the Falcons, yes, if you're Falcons fans, yes, you look at that, you look at Desmond Ritter and you say, it's got to get better. But if to, to win the division this year for the Falcons, it doesn't have to get exponentially better because there, you see paths right now where the Falcons can win that division with, uh, with just a little bit better play from Desmond Ritter. Yeah. A little
2: bit better play from Desmond Ritter is definitely needed, uh, needed to be there. And, uh, uh, the running backs got shut down a little bit uh, this weekend. Guys, guys that had really been putting up some numbers, especially uh, Bijan uh, Robinson. Yeah. Uh, they kind of did a good job on, on stuffing him. And so, uh, you know, he didn't have the greatest game. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one game for the Falcons. Uh, I think the Lions are – they're, they're kind of proving me right. You know, I sat here and said that they should a dark horse to win the division, and everybody's like, what?
1: I don't know if they're a dark horse at this point when you look at the rest of the NFC but, North.
2: Yeah.
1: But, you, but, I mean, you, you you pointed out preseason that Dark Horse went. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, it's going to be the Vikings again. A couple Bears uh, mixed in there for, the, <laughs> for them. But the, the Vikings have not looked good. No, and the Bears definitely the bears have not have looked, looked good. Bears have looked
2: like absolute hot garbage.
1: And so it, it feels like it's the, the Lions' division to lose at this point, even though we're, what, three weeks in, full, yeah. going into the fourth week. It feels like it's the Lions' division to lose. The Packers are still there, but you you just don't know what you're going to get uh, week in week out from from the Packers team this uh, now but yeah you you know you brought up those running backs Bijan Robinson 10 carries for 33 yards Tyler Algier who had a few touchdowns up until this point in the season he was held to seven rushes for 12 yards total uh, on the receiving side of things for uh, the Falcons Kyle Pitts was their leading receiver yardage wise five receptions of only 41 yards Johnny Smith, five receptions, 37 yards. Drake London, another factor that's played in this year, uh, two receptions for 31 yards. Michael Pruitt, uh, a guy that's uh, had some big plays the, uh, in the early part of the season, only one reception for 10 yards. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're the Falcons fans, um, it, it didn't look ugly, or it, it did look ugly yeah, on Saturday. It, ugly.
2: it
1: it looked. It was ugly, uh, but you got a chance to, to, to bounce back. Uh, oh, it's tough. It, the, Jag, the Jaguars have a good team. And you're going over to London to play the game too. So everything's going to be thrown off. I know. You know. You talk about West Coast trips. Your body clock gets thrown off. Well, across the pond trips throws your body clock a lot, a lot of the ways off. And so, if you're these this Falcons team, you you uh, got to be extra, extra attentive at practice this week and uh, get ready for that that Jacksonville game on on Sunday morning uh, here locally.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like I said, now I'm, I've got my stats pulled up. I mentioned the rushing game, not having the greatest one. Bijan Robinson just for 33 yards and Tali Algier for only 12. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've got to be able to help out better with that because Ritter uh, is a good quarterback, but Ritter is not one of those that terrifies you with uh, sitting yeah. in the pocket and throwing and just picking you apart. And so the Falcons have really leaned heavily on Robinson and Algier in that run game, and uh, I think – the Lions were very much prepared for that and didn't let a whole lot happen, and, and then, of course, with Ritter, I mean, he goes for 201 with no no TDs uh, yeah, you know, it is what it was, but uh I, I think the Falcons will bounce back, but I think the Lions are also proven they're probably a little bit better than most people gave him credit for.
1: Another big except for me. <laughs> another big performance from the Lions on Saturday or on Sunday was uh, Jameer Gibbs, the former Alabama running back, seventeen carries eighty yards yeah. on the afternoon, so they gave it to him a lot. So yeah, like I said, Falcons Jaguars uh this coming Sunday morning, morning, remember that morning, 6:30 a.m. right here on Tiger 95.9 is when the pregame show gets started with the Atlanta Falcons Radio Network. They'll have kickoff at 8:30 a.m. right here and you can listen to that game on Tiger on right here on Tiger 95.9. They'll have postgame afterward. Uh, and, yeah, you can listen to every single Falcons game. We lead you from the preseason to the playoffs, much like we do the Braves over on AM 1230 right here in Tiger 95.9, uh, from preseason games all the way to uh, hopefully a potential playoff game for those Atlanta Falcons uh, here on Tiger 95.9 with the Atlanta Falcons radio network. As we start to uh, wrap up our number two and we come back after this break, uh, that will feature Brant Daughtry with the Tiger Communications Sports Report. We will talk, uh, we'll have our 5 at 5 brought to you by our friends at uh, Southeastern Land Group, and then we'll talk some college football, we'll dive back into the world of college football, didn't get to talk a lot about the games uh, outside of Auburn this past week, and we'll go into that in the SEC and around the country right after this. I'm Brooks Childress, that's Tom PV across from me, this has been two hours of Sports Call, when we come back, hour number three, Tiger 95.9.
0: Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started.
1: Third and final hour of Sports Call starts right now on a Tuesday. I'm Brooke Shoulders. Tom Peavy joins me. Ryan LaVoy, your normal host, not here today. He'll be back tomorrow. Take you through the rest of the week. Tom will be back tomorrow. Cam will be here tomorrow. So we'll have some fun show tomorrow for you as we start to turn our attention toward those Georgia Bulldogs and the Deep South's oldest rivalry here on Sports Call Auburn. It is time now as we start the 5 o'clock hour before we do anything else. It's time for the Sports Call 5 at 5. And that is brought to you by our friends over at Southeastern Land Group. John Harden and Brian Watts are your local land advisors at Southeastern Land Group. Uh, if you're looking to buy or sell land, get maximum exposure for potential buyers, uh, your friends at Southeastern Land Group can also uh, can help you with that. Uh, if you're looking to buy land, it's also a very good investment in time with your family and friends. Call John Harden at 334-524-2756 or call Brian Watts at 334-707-4273 or you can find them on the web at selandgroup.com. Sports call five at five. Today we're going to go through the f- top five uh, ratings-wise games from this past weekend's college football. Uh, five at five, we usually go one to five. I'm going to go in reverse order because I, I feel like we know what number one is. is. I think everybody kind of guesses what, what number one was this past weekend. So we'll uh, we'll start with number Number five. Number five. Uh, that would be the Iowa Hawkeyes falling to the Penn State Nittany Lions on CBS. Uh, a 1.5 in the ratings. 2.75 million eyeballs were on Penn State shutting out the Iowa Hawkeyes this past weekend.
2: Get this about Iowa. Everybody jokes about how. Uh, okay, first of all, everybody jokes about how bad Auburn's offense is. Mm. Iowa's offense is like just the, the absolute dumps. Jay Fair. Auburn wide receiver Jay Fair, yes, has more receiving yards than combined uh, Iowa. Wow, and Jay Fair does not have that much. Wow, <laughs> Jay and Fair himself has more than all of Iowa's receivers combined.
1: That's not good.
2: No, that's
1: not good for the for a, a full offense. Uh, nope, uh, and they got shut out on Saturday night in Happy Valley. Uh, in front of a wide-out audience uh, and also in front of 2.75 million people watching on CBS with Vern, and, or not Vern, uh, with uh, Gary Danielson uh, calling the game for CBS. Uh, moving on. Number four. Number four, uh, the other CBS game, with, got a 2.6, 4.61 million, a, a pretty decent gap between Iowa Penn, or, uh, yeah, Iowa, Penn State in this one. Alabama Ole Miss. Had 4.61 million viewers uh, and got a 2.6 rating over the weekend. I think a lot of people tuned in to see if Ole Miss could knock him out. Yeah. Knock him out of the playoff uh, picture uh, entirely. <coughs> knock him out. Uh, finally get Lane Kiffin that uh, that win over Nick Saban that he's been yeah. going for. And just didn't happen.
2: No, it didn't. And I didn't figure it was going to happen. I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not sold that Alabama is down and out. Yeah, they have not looked dominant, but... Not sold that they're down and out, and I think they proved it against Ole Miss that they're still going to be a very dangerous team. Uh,
1: moving on. Number three. Number three. Uh, got a 3.7, 6.71 million. Another decent gap between Alabama and Ole Miss in this game. FSU and Clemson, a overtime thriller in Death Valley. Uh, the Death Valley in South Carolina, not the one. In Baton Rouge, Uh, but it was a a big game there. Probably one of the only ones uh, from one of the few games from this past week that lived up to the hype uh, around it. Uh, Went to overtime, a a huge matchup in the ACC. But Florida State comes out of that one still undefeated uh, in overtime.
2: Yeah, uh, one that I think a lot of people. Well, I mean, I say a lot of people. I mean, obviously they had good TV ratings, but still one of those that I think kind of got forgotten about after uh, uh, you know Clemson's just kind of really lost their luster. And uh, I mean that was a game a couple of years ago. What is was you know one that it was must see TV. Yeah, still kind of sort of see TV, but not as much.
1: Moving on to number two, the number two most watched college football game this past weekend was on NBC. A five point one rating, a decent gap between that this one and FSU Clemson. Nine point nine eight million people watched Ohio State take down Notre Dame Fighting Irish. On a last-second touchdown, yep. the, that Notre Dame only had ten men on the field for <laughs> uh, when it when it came out uh, when you looked at the replay. Uh, but a lot of people watched that Ohio State Notre Dame. I was locked into that game on Saturday night too. I, I, I watched right. that one from start to finish.
2: I I didn't. <laughs> I was watching other games. Uh, I, I think mainly because. I was not expecting that game to come down to the wire like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, re- I really thought Ohio State would handle that one and that it would not be much to watch. But turned out to be uh, the best game of the week, would you say? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, competitive-wise, competitive, yeah. Competitive-wise, that's
2: what I mean, competitive-wise. No,
1: that or FSU-Clemson. Uh, those two yeah. games were probably the best two from the weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, because that one went to overtime. But, I mean, to score in the last second. Yeah. And, you mm-hmm. know, punch one in from the one.
1: Get Get a get a very close win over a, a team like Notre Dame. Yeah,
2: they they didn't go shotgun, did they? Didn't they go under center? I think they went under center. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're supposed to do at the one yard line. <laughs>
1: All this stup- ask yeah. ask the Eagles fans. They like to go under center at the one yard line. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. They do that very well. They do it very well. Uh, TV ratings, top or your five at five presented by Southeastern Lane Group finishes with number one. The number one most viewed college football game this week. And I think we all know which team it was Colorado and Oregon. The Colorado Buffalo taking on the Oregon Ducks. uh, 5.2 rating, a 10.03 million. So not a big gap between that and the Ohio State Notre Dame game. uh, But still. Uh, on ABC, that uh, 2.30 window, uh, Oregon's blowout went over Colorado, the number one most watched game in college football this past weekend. And that is your 5 at 5, brought to you by our friends over at Southeastern Land Group. As we continue on, yes, Tom?
2: I was just going to say, I, I'm curious. You know, they, they give the TV ratings, but do, does it actually say like, how long they watched the game for. It
1: does not. Not this graphic that I uh, provided to us from our, or uh, Brett McMurphy yeah. was the one that tweeted this out. I, Cause
2: I have a feeling that game was probably must see TV until about halftime. And they were like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's go watch Notre Dame FSU or let's go watch. Or, I'm sorry, Notre Dame or Ohio state, or let's go watch one of these other games. Cause yeah, by halftime that was pretty much in hand and yeah. was looking ugly for the buffs.
1: Uh, other notable SEC games that got ratings this weekend: Arkansas and LSU with 2.44 million folks; Auburn, Texas A&M had 2.18 million viewers on the weekend; uh, UAB and Georgia 1.08 million. Uh, people watch the Bulldogs and the Blazers, and I think that may have been it. No, nope, we got uh, sneaking in down at the bottom here with 181,000 viewers, Memphis and Missouri, uh, that game uh, on ESPN I believe, when they played in St. Louis. Uh, so, yeah, so college football action this weekend. That was a look at your top five viewed games of the weekend for your Sports Call 5 at 5. Now let's talk a little SEC football from this past weekend. We haven't dived into the full slate. We talked a little bit about a couple games there that were mentioned in that top five, but we'll dive more into it. Let's start things out with that number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, 4-0 and on the year, 4-0 and at home. Uh, they're coming in to play the Auburn Tigers this weekend, a 49-21 to win over UAB. At the end of the first quarter, though, it was only seven and nothing. Yeah. And at the end of the, at halftime, it was 28 to 14 was the halftime score between Georgia and UAB. And then they widened the gap there in the second half with a uh, 14 points in the third quarter, seven points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Carson Beck was three hundred and thirty eight yards passing three touchdowns. Uh, Edwards, they uh, running back 12 carries, 66 yards and two touchdowns. Brock Bowers had a night, nine receptions, 121 yards and two touchdowns on the night for Georgia.
2: Yeah. Um, it was against UAB, yeah. So,
1: no, no, no insult to Ryan. GAB, no, it, but sure. They are one in three now on the year.
2: No, no, no insult to them. Uh, Jacob Zeno of uh, of uh, UAB did throw for two hundred and fifty and two touchdowns. So, you know, good for him. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just it's really hard to get a pulse on Georgia right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one decent team that they played, they kind of. I don't want to say struggled with. It wasn't really struggle. It was just kind of sloppy and just kind of a ho-hum. But I mean other other than that, it's it's been just pure cupcakes for them.
1: Yeah. It has it, I mean South Carolina was that one getting team that they played. Yeah. Um, and but, like
2: I said, that was just kind of a ho-hum just yeah. Did what they did, but and hard it's, to hard to really get a good gauge on, on what Georgia is.
1: But they're 4-0. They're yep. coming into Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday against those Auburn Tigers. Uh, and we will uh, dive more into that game as we go on in the week. Uh, a game uh, down in the other Death Valley. We talked about, uh, we, we mentioned the, the Clemson FSU game. Got the number three rating in college football this past weekend. This one was in the top ten in TV ratings. But a game that was closer than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be after watching Arkansas to start the year. But uh, LSU 2-0 in the SEC play. 34-31 winners over Arkansas, who's now 2-2 on the year. But... Man, yeah. that was a that was a close one. Yeah, well,
2: and and that also makes you know if you're if you're Auburn and you're looking at things that that makes you you're already kind of worried about Arkansas, but not a lot. But then you see them go to Death Valley and and come that close. Yeah, uh, it, it gives you something to kind of be concerned about there. Uh, but good on our, on Arkansas for for not going down there and and just folding up. KJ Jefferson, twenty-one of thirty-one, two hundred eighty-nine yards, three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, though. Uh, Rashad Dubien, uh, Dubinyan, uh is that how you pronounce him? Sure, name? sure. <laughs> Dubinon, fifteen carries for seventy-eight yards. Uh, KJ Jefferson also had forty-eight on the ground for Arkansas. So uh, they battled their they battled their tails off. Jaden Daniels just a little bit too much at the quarterback position for LSU, throwing for three hundred twenty yards and four touchdowns. So uh, a huge night, uh, a huge night for Jaden Daniels there, and then they had a couple of receivers that went off. Brian Thomas Jr. Uh, five catches for 133, and uh, Malik Neighbors eight catches for 130. He did so,
1: some uh, Malik Neighbors
2: things. He did Malik Neighbors things, yeah. And each of them both also had two touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, uh, LSU is LSU. I. I I still think, even though that was a you know a, a struggle win against Arkansas, I really still think lsu is your your favorite in the West right now, just because of Alabama's seeming struggles, mm. we'll see what happens when they face each other. but uh right now, you kind of have to give that edge again to
1: lSU in the West. LSU, after narrowly defeating Arkansas this week, blowing out Mississippi State two weeks ago, narrowly defeating Arkansas this past week. They get to tangle with the Olmus Rebels this right. weekend up at Vault Hemingway Stadium. And those rebels went to uh Bryant Denny Stadium this past Saturday. Uh and it's still Bryant Denny, Alabama is still that hill that Lane Kiffin can't get over. Twenty four to ten. The Alabama Crimson Tide are 1-0 and, 1, or 1 and 0 in the SEC. McClellan, uh, they're running back up at Alabama. 17 carries, 105 yards and touchdown. Jackson Dart had a pretty decent day at quarterback for Ole Miss. Just didn't put the points up. 244 passing yards. He didn't have an interception. And then Wade, their uh, receiver for Ole Miss, five receptions, 88 yards. He had a fine day. But, again, you didn't put the points on the scoreboard. Only had a, only had one touchdown, and that was in the first quarter. Yeah, uh,
2: Ole Miss led seven to six uh, at halftime. Uh, Alabama only able to get a field goal in the first quarter. In the second quarter, and Alabama, uh, Ole Miss with that touchdown in the first. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, at halftime, you're kind of sitting there looking at him like, "Oh man, Alabama might really be in trouble here." But they get they get eleven in the third, and another seven in the fourth. And uh, their defense really clamped down on Ole Miss to, to, for that 24-10 to 10 final. Um, like I said, Alabama is definitely not looking like a dominant team. They, they've they definitely got some issues there. But I still think they're going to figure it out. Uh, the much maligned Jalen uh 225 yards, a touchdown. He did have that interception. Uh, Jace McClellan for Bama with 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I'm sorry, Jace McClellan rushing. For 101 yards and a touchdown, uh, kind of spread the wealth on the on the receivers. There's a whole bunch of guys that had had receptions in that one, but yeah. um, but you know that that's the thing. And I guess that's one of the uh, such the different thing right now with Alabama when you mention that. So Jalen Milroe, much blind, he he played that whole game. Their leading rusher is Jace McClellan. That's not a guy that you. Out of all the running backs that Alabama has had, and and if you think about it, if you just go and look at the guys that are playing in the NFL right now, yeah. Jason McClellan is not one of those names that just jumps out there is like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. he's still went for hundred yards, but you know, uh and, and even on their uh even in their receiving core, I mean Jermaine Burton's a guy that everybody's familiar with, but uh, you know, Jalen Hell was their leading receiver again not a guy that uh he doesn't have that notoriety to his name that some of these other guys that again if you go through and look at the nfl rosters it's Mm. like all these dudes that are like bama bama has the most amount of players in the nfl right now yes uh and a lot of them are very much marquee named players at teams that they're on jalen hill it's like (laughs) okay that kind of tells you where their roster is at right mm. now. I mean, they they've they are kind of a bit of a no-name group this year.
1: But still, top 15 team. They yeah. can get better. Uh, they, can, they continue to climb up. They play Mississippi State coming up this week in a little road test for the Crimson Tide. Moving on, a top 25 Tennessee team was at home against UTSA. Uh, They remained undefeated at home, 2-0, 45-14 winners over UTSA. UTSA didn't score until the third quarter of that game. Joe Milton, 209 yards and two touchdowns. Sampson, their running back, 11 carries, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, UTSA's wide receiver, Cephas, uh, seven receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown was their bright spot on the roadrunner side of things. But Tennessee... I say bounce back after getting beat at the Swamp, but it's, it's UTSA, a team that you know some people thought maybe could give them a little bit of a, a, a run because they, they've got some talent on that UTSA team. But ultimately you did what you needed to do in, in uh, coming off that Florida game and, and got a dominant 45-14 to 14 win.
2: Yeah, uh, and uh, kind of similar to Alabama uh, with that loss, I still think Tennessee's going to be good. Uh, I mean, Tennessee does not play well in the Swamp. And they did not play well in the Swamp again this year. I still think that they are just highly, highly talented across the board. Uh, their team that if Georgia does not really start showing that dominant side of them again, mm-hmm. I mean, that's another one where Tennessee could beat them. And you get them at home this year, too. And you get them at home this year. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see in the East. You know, Georgia has not really done anything so far this year. Uh, even against that cupcake schedule they've played so far, Georgia has not done anything yet this year that just really, you know, just kind of makes your eyes jump open and you're like, oh my gosh, like these dudes are scary. There's been some guys in the Pac-12 that have done that this year.
1: Yep, yep. There, there but has been.
2: Georgia has not. And neither has Alabama.
1: And then in the and sw- really, neither is LSU. True. Uh, in the Swamp, the last-ranked team in the SEC, the Florida Gators, they remained undefeated at home. They took on Charlotte, uh, but it was not a big scoring uh, output. Only 22 points on the board for the Gators, 22-7 to 7 winners over Charlotte. Charlotte 0-2 now away from home, 1-3 and 3 on the year. Graham Mertz, two hundred fifty nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jones, the Charlotte running back, had a big day: twenty one carries, sixty six yards and a touchdown. And then Ricky Pearsall, six reception, one hundred four yards. But I think the highlight is possibly the catch of the year. Did you see that highlight catch that he had with one hand? Uh, I'll have to find it in the commercial break okay. or, that's coming up. But it is—it's one. Of, it's got to be one of the catches of the year. It's—it's it's a phenomenal catch yeah. from Pearsall. Um, you know the.
2: the uh, what was that final score on that one? Twenty-two to seven. Okay, twenty-two seven. So yeah, they kind of sloughed their way through that one. I I still think Florida is not very good. Uh, I really think when you go back and look at once you get to the end of the season and go back and look at it, I think that game against Tennessee is going to be kind of a, an anomaly and, and not the norm. I, I mean, Florida they're they're vastly under talented for what you're used to having with Florida. Uh, I, I mean, they were picked just above Vanderbilt. Florida, Florida was kind of like with Auburn with where they were getting picked. I mean, they, you know, some had them even dead last below Vandy, but most had them right above Vandy in the east, kind of like with Auburn right now. They, they're trying to get things put back together at Florida, and, I mean, they're going to take some more losses. But, like I said, I think you'll, by the time you get to the end of the year, you'll look at that Tennessee win as just an, uh, an anomaly and not the norm.
1: The other games in the SEC from this past weekend: in Kentucky remained undefeated as they went on the road and took down Vanderbilt 45-28. to uh, Devin Leary, 205 yards, touchdown and two interceptions for Kentucky. Uh, South Carolina got their first SEC win of the year over Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State now 0-2 in the SEC, 37-30 winners. Will Rogers was the big quarterback. Uh, play in that one for Mississippi State in a losing effort, 487 yards and a touchdown is also an interception. And then it's time to talk to your family about an undefeated Missouri team because they're four 0 no. uh, They won 34 to 27 in St. Louis over the Memphis Tigers. Cook uh, Brandon Cook, their quarterback, 341 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Anything from these last these bottom three games that you, you take away from this weekend?
2: Uh, no, nothing that really surprises me. And I mean, they're they're teams that are gonna none of these teams are going to compete for titles they're going to just they're kind of they're going to devour each other and get devoured so those game, once teams like that play each other those are almost 50-50 toss-ups on on who can win who kentucky's going to be a little bit better than missouri in the yeah. long run um, mississippi state i i still really believe there's going to be below auburn I, it just uh, Missouri is uh, Missouri will eventually have their you know down to earth back down to earth type thing, so it's going to play itself out and probably set up more like you thought it would be. Just right now, early in the season, there's guys some some teams that are making maybe a little bit more noise than you thought, but I think, like I said, once they get into the heart of the SEC schedule,
1: they're going to start devouring each other. So, that's a look around the SEC from this past weekend. Let's take our first break of hour number three. When we come back, we dive into the national picture around the uh, college football world as well as go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line. Sam from Pell City is holding. He'll be on right after this break here on Sports Call.
0: Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now back to the multi-time Abby Award winning Sports Call.
1: This music makes you sound like we're getting out of here soon. We're not. We've still got a little bit of time left in the program, folks, so don't go anywhere. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online at theorthoclinic.com for more information today. Give us a call, 334-887-341-locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line as we continue on the third hour. Let's go back to that Orthopedic Clinic phone line to start this segment, and we will head up to Pell City. Sam is on the phone with us. Sam, how are you doing this afternoon?
3: Hey.
6: Hey, guys. Um, I uh, was kind of intrigued by uh, Ole Miss, like how do you see their year going.
1: Rest of the way, it's interesting because you got uh you got LSU this weekend, um, and it, it's yeah. a it's a. I know, don't
6: see them winning that game. It, I, I don't
1: either. It's a it's an interesting game because you you look at LSU; uh, they struggled against Arkansas this weekend. Ole Miss made you know they need a bounce back game after that Alabama game, but uh, like Tom was saying, it, LSU feels like still the team to beat, no matter you know what they did this past weekend against Arkansas. And so then you look at the rest of the schedule. You've still got to play uh, Texas A and M coming up. You still got that Mississippi State game at the end of the year. Um, at Georgia, you're at Georgia.
2: You're at, at Auburn, which yeah, Auburn's not really very good. Yeah, you still got to come here.
1: And so it, it's a it's an interesting schedule. I, I I feel like you look at that. There's two to maybe three losses le- uh, left on that SEC schedule.
6: Okay. Do you see Lane? kiffin being on the hot seat if things go south or do you think he's safe for one more year
2: i i think it would have to go epically south for for him to be on the hot seat because uh, you also got to remember they thought they were losing him this year because of all the hot rumors that lane kiffin was coming to auburn uh i think they were very happy to get him back i think they're very happy with him there uh, i think he fits well with with kind of what they're doing there and they've really liked him, but uh, so I don't think I, like I said, I think it's going to have to take a, a meltdown of epic proportions. Maybe it it might have to be a meltdown about like what happened with them last year, uh, yeah. for him to be on the hot seat. But I just don't see that happening. I, there's going to be some losses in there because they're just they're not good enough to go undefeated. Um, so there's going to be some losses, but I they've got games in there that are very very winnable. So. I don't foresee a just a meltdown of any sorts. Okay.
6: But like I watched the end of their game against Alabama like this past weekend and like I'm starting to question like his like his skills at, at like in-game coaching because like they got the ball back with like 8 minutes left and like they and like they proceeded to like run the ball and take a bunch of time off the clock and kind of look like they were basically giving up on the game when they had like a very good chance to get back in it. I'm just wondering what he was thinking there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that you've seen him. You know, you saw him in his uh, OC days at Alabama. I, I think he's he's a good. You know, you, you I don't think you you can doubt his play calling abilities because you know, you look at it. I, I think that it's just you, you get into those situations and you you want to you want to score and you know at that point you you look at it you know you were down what uh 6 I think or, down
6: by like 14 14
1: yeah that that's uh and so you want to score and you don't really want to give Alabama more time to go score again um but it's 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 interesting and it, and it may, you know you may look at it and it's just not a lot of was happening in the past game this weekend for them so they they went to the run game a little bit um and and then you can all you know you always fall back to uh Lane Kiffin
2: his analytics
1: analytics uh, but also what I was going to what I was going to say is the the hill that is Nick Saban that he just can't get on he can't get over that hill and it's it's just a, a team that he always struggles with yeah cuz you've seen so, them put um, up points this year they they've put up some some major points uh so far this year and this is you know this this Alabama team they they played lights out defensively um, I, I think this weekend against LSU, you could see a, a closer matchup. I, I think I'm with Tom. I think LSU probably wins that game, but I think you could see it closer score wise than the, that Alabama game.
6: Yeah, um, I had one last question. Yeah, so, go ahead. Um, do you think we'll beat them at home this season? Is in like do you, like do you think Auburn wins that game
2: against Ole Miss? Yeah. Um, I think my prediction had Auburn losing that game, okay. um, but the more that we, the more we go, I, I need to see more from Ole Miss. Um, you know, obviously the thing that they have going for them is their offense, but the thing that Auburn has going for it is its defense. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 Ole Miss's defense is very suspect, but you know, obviously Auburn is having trouble moving the ball. I, I still. If I were to say right now, I think Ole Miss would win, but a very, very close game. But as we get closer to that time, it could change, especially if Auburn figures it out on offense and can show some improvement there. Because um, I, I think that Auburn's defense will give Jackson Dart and that offense some they'll, – they'll give them trouble.
6: Yeah, I just think if Peyton Thorne continues to look this bad, we're not going to win a ton of games.
2: No, I agree. I mean, you can't be having the passing performances that he's having and stay successful in in, in the league. So he's going to have right. to improve drastically, or they're going to have to go a different route at quarterback.
6: All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Sam, for the call, and give us a call back sometime. All right. That was Sam from Pell City joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Uh, let's stay at the Orthopedic Clinic phone line right now. Go back to it, and we'll stay, come back here to Auburn. And it is, well, if uh, technical difficulties. Anthony from there Auburn. There it is. Anthony from Auburn joins us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Anthony, how are you doing this afternoon? Anthony, you got us?
2: I don't think we have Anthony.
1: I don't think we have Anthony. Anthony, mm-hmm. if you, uh, let's see. Anthony, you got oh, Anthony's gone. Huh. Anthony, if you're still listening, give us a call back. Uh, 334-887-341, locally toll free one 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Yeah, you know, let, I, I wanted to go down to the, the rest of the top 25, but let's go back to Ole Miss. Uh, you know, we, sure. Sam brought it up. Um, we don't get to t- – we we're, you know, we're an Auburn talk show. We don't get to talk about uh, a lot of other teams uh, a lot in depth once we get into the season. But this Ole Miss team – you you thought they could do some some things this year. You didn't. I, I don't think that uh, a lot of people thought that they could. You know, get to that point where they're you know uh, the the team to beat in the West because you you figured that was going to be either Alabama or LSU, um, and then Alabama beats them this past week. And it just you look at the rest of their schedule and you can see it going either a a, a, a big negative turn or if you pull off you know maybe upset a, a Georgia or upset an, uh, a, an LSU down the stretch here. It could, it could, uh, the, the ship could turn around in a pop more positive direction.
2: Yeah, it could. I mean, that's, I think Ole Miss is just kind of one of those unknowns right now. You know, it's a team that can be good. You know, Lane Kiffin is a, uh, Lane Kiffin is a coach that can produce Yeah. a big time winner on there. Uh, you know, they have a quarterback at Jackson Dart that can show be a show enough winner. You know, they've got a running back in uh, Judkins that can show enough be a winner, uh, they just didn't put it together against Alabama. Uh, so, they're, it's yeah, I mean, they're just one of those that's hard to get a pulse on right now. I mean, it, I it, it's one you know it can be good, but you also understand that they could be really bad as well. So, uh, that, it's just we, yeah, week from week, you don't really know which Ole Miss Rebels team you're going to
1: get. You look at how they've, they've gone so far this year, and I know it hasn't been the best of competition, but you put up 73 on Mercer. Uh, to start the year then you beat a top 20 at, at the time a top 25 five two lane team on the road 37 to 20 a two lane team that if you'll remember went and beat a uh, a very good USC team last year with the Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams uh, playing in that football game so they uh, they beat them 37 to 20 on the road and then played George Tech at home 48 to 23 and so Coming into this past weekend, their lowest point total was thirty-seven uh, on the year, and then they put up ten against Alabama. But Alabama, and we we talked about it a little bit earlier, their defense showed up to that game, but it was it was not an impressive offensive performance. You look at them the rest of the year. LSU this weekend, uh, then you host Arkansas. You're on the you get a bye week on the road at Auburn, host Vanderbilt, host Texas A&M at Georgia, host Louisiana Monroe, and then finish out the year with that Egg Bowl game. Uh, which, you know, we don't know exactly how Mississippi State's season is going to turn out, but that's always one of those wild card games where anything can happen on Thanksgiving night.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Mississippi State won that game last year. Yeah. Had absolutely no business winning that game last year and uh, and still did it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing that says it. That's why you say Ole Miss is weird. I mean, it's a team that started out so red hot last year uh and then just went ice cold down the stretch their their schedule uh oh, well you know i say their schedule sets up better it it kind of sets up the same i mean if you look at the texas a&m uh, on november the 4th yeah they beat a&m last year uh actually beat them at a&m but then you got the georgia La Monroe, and mississippi state i mean i they i don't think they'll go winless through there like so last year they had uh Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi State to end their, end their season. And, and so you at least get the La Monroe in there so you feel like you have another win instead of running through a whole string of losses.
1: There are eight games left on their schedule this year. The, you, you Just first glance, they should probably be favored in five of those. One, sure. I would give a toss-up, which is that A&M game. And then I don't know what the line is right now, but I'd think that LSU is probably favored this weekend. And then yeah. you think Georgia will be favored in that game on November 11th. Yeah. But you should, if you're Ole Miss, those are five games that you should be favored in, which means you probably should, should win those, those five games.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because they should be favored against Arkansas, favored against Auburn, favored against Vandy, favored against Lamano, favored against Mississippi State. So, yeah, there's your five right there. Um But, again, you know, which Ole Miss team you're going to get? I I think they are a – I I think they, as a program, just like Lane Kiffin, is kind of very Jekyll and Hyde. You just – you really don't know what you're going to get from them from from one week to the other. They may come out and look like world beaters one week and turn right around the next week and get beat by somebody that was not supposed to happen.
1: And I I don't want to – if there's any Ole Miss fans, as we get ready to go to our next break – um uh, there's any Ole Miss fans out there, I don't want to be this guy. But when the season started to go downhill last year, what game triggered it was the Alabama game. Alabama game, they yeah. won, uh They beat Texas A&M the week before uh, after losing to LSU, but it was lost to Alabama, and then Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas Tech to end the year to blow mm-hmm. thing, uh, blow them out. Lost four in a row uh, to end the year. For Ole Miss, uh, so it it's an interesting interesting playing field for the rest of the way for these Ole Miss Rebels. They play LSU this weekend on uh, at home against those Bengal Tigers. Let's head to our next break. When we come back, we get set to wrap up the show on Tuesday Tuesday edition of Sports Call.
0: On the air, weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan,
2: roll up the windows and turn up the radio.
0: We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Thursday edition of Sports Call. Tuesday edition of Sports Call. I don't know where I am. Wow. I don't know where I just came back from. It was (laughs) a commercial break and I was not prepared. Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Wrapping up here, just a couple minutes left. I'm Brooks Childress. Tom Peavy sits across from me. Ryan LaVoy will be back tomorrow. Tom will be here. Cam will be here. TP Hammock will be here. They'll bring you a new live edition of Sports Call as we start to turn our attention to the Georgia Bulldogs coming into town this weekend Uh, as we uh, we got a few minutes left here Uh, great calls so far today uh, on the uh, orthopedic clinic phone line if you um, missed any of those phone calls make sure you go back and listen to those on the sports call podcast brought to you by our friends over at coca-cola and of course you want to hear sports call at all uh, during the day or during uh, during our showtime and you're not around a radio, you can make sure you ask Alexa. Say, hey, Alexa's play Sports Call Auburn. Enable the app to use on your Alexa devices. And then you can listen to Sports Call at home on your Alexa devices. Uh, just a couple minutes left here before we get to the Nightly TV guy. I want to highlight some of these top 25 games from this past weekend. Uh, number two, Michigan continued their run of dominance. Jim Harbaugh came back, and they won 31-7. to Over Rutgers, it was tied 7-7 at the end of the first quarter, and then Michigan played Michigan football. Texas uh, continued to dominate uh, and got their first win in the Big 12, 38-6 over Baylor on the road. We talked about that Florida uh, State-Clemson overtime game, 31-24. USC uh, struggled early with Arizona State, but ended up putting them away 42-28 winners over former Auburn offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham and those Arizona State sun devils ohio state 17 to 14 winners over notre dame in a thrilling game that came down to the end notre dame only had 10 men on their defensive side of the ball uh, that's been talked about quite a bit these last couple of days penn state 31 to nothing winners over iowa uh, we talked about iowa's offense is just absolutely poor um Michael Penix Jr. doing Michael Penix Jr. things uh, and and continuing to uh, to solidify himself as a major Heisman Trophy contender. This early in the season, they knocked off Cal, fifty nine to thirty two. It was twenty four to six at the end of the first quarter, and it was twenty one to Or it was um uh they scored twenty one more points in the second quarter, and then they called off the dogs literally, uh in the second half, but. 59-32 59 to 32 winners over Cal. Uh, we talked about Oregon dismantling Colorado, 42 to 6. Utah, defensive showing against UCLA, 14 to 7 winners over the Bruins at home. Um, the bat, Another bat, Pac 12 battle, uh, Washington State took down Oregon State in a pretty good football game, 38 35. Oregon State made a big comeback in the fourth quarter, putting up 30, or 21 points uh, to come back and almost win that football game. Oklahoma, still looking good, 20 to 6 winners over Cincinnati. North Carolina looking good as well, 41-24 to winners over Pittsburgh. Duke getting business done against UConn, 41-7. to Miami uh, still looks good, 4-0 on the year, 41-7 to winners over Temple. Uh, and so a lot of big games around the top 25 this past week. Anything that stood out to you from this past weekend outside of the SEC? Besides the uh, Colorado game, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was the only one that just really jumped out at me because it, it was kind of what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really felt like Colorado was about to have their kind of back down to earth moment and plus Oregon, I I think, or oh, well, man, I, you know, I'm about to say Oregon showed that they're for real. I, I don't know that Oregon necessarily showed they are for real because I still don't think Colorado, Colorado is really that good, uh, especially on defense. And, uh, I, you know, I think there was a lot of talk and a lot of hype around Colorado, as there should be. I, you know, I get it, the Deion Sanders effect, but uh, – he said it himself. Their roster is not where it wants to be or where he mm-hmm. wants it. I think mean, his exact words are like, hey, yeah, go ahead and take us down now because this is the worst you're going to see us. Um, so, I mean, I think he's building something special uh, out there in Colorado, but he just doesn't have it right now.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think that was illustrated when he got there and the roster turnover that 60, was there.
2: 68 new players, yeah. I think. 68 new scholarship players. So, um, it, But it was intriguing to watch. I, I was curious to see if – Shador Sanders and those guys could actually put a dent in Oregon. They didn't. Yeah. So, uh, Bo Nix
1: still a, a very serious Heisman contender. Yes, he contender. is.
2: Yeah. Uh, go through and look at the stats on all these former Auburn quarterbacks right now. TJ Finley is tearing it up at Texas State. Calzada is tearing it up at uh, Abilene Christian, I believe, is that. And then, of course, Bo Nix is a, you know, a Heisman caliber guy right now at Oregon. Yep. Kind of makes you wonder. (laughs) A lot of what ifs. Like like all of those guys have thrown for well over a 1,000 yards already this season.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of what ifs in the Auburn world right now, uh, especially at that quarterback position. All right, before we get out of here, let's get to our nightly TV guide.
0: Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide.
1: Nightly TV Guide brought to our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by any one of your local TK's convenience stores today and pick up a variety pack of White Claw Hard Seltzers. On TV tonight, i got a couple movie picks for you. 6 o'clock on FX, here's some superhero action tonight. Iron Man 3, starring Robert Downey Jr. Then at 6 o'clock on TNT, if you don't want the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you can go to DC. It's The Dark Knight, uh, 6 o'clock on TNT Uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. And your family movie pick for the evening, 7 o'clock on Disney, The Haunted Mansion, not the new one, but the 2003 one with Eddie Murphy, uh, a hilarious comedy if you're looking for that. Uh, Sports picks for you this weekend, or tonight, just tonight, not this weekend. I don't know where my mind has gone here in this last segment. It was Thursday, and now it's this weekend. I don't know. I I need a day off or something, uh, and I I don't get one. Um, But tonight valley sports south also tbs the chicago cubs and the atlanta braves do battle as the braves start a three-game series with the cubbies uh elsewhere in the sports world uh mlb baseball nine o'clock on tbs the houston astros and seattle mariners both of those teams battling for postseason spots Uh, that'll be a good game tonight the late night uh, for baseball nine o'clock on tbs and then the wnba playoffs continue tonight game two in the semifinals at seven o'clock on espn As the connecticut sun former auburn tiger DeWanna bonner leads the connecticut sun against the New York Liberty. If the Sun win tonight, they're in. Liberty win, they force a game three. Uh, same way in the 9 o'clock slot on ESPN, the Dallas Wings take on the Las Vegas Aces. The Wings win, it's so a game three. The Aces win, it is over. And so that is a look at our nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Again, go buy any one of your local TK's convenience stores and pick up a variety pack of those White Claw Hard Seltzers today. And that is going to do it for this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, go to our Twitter, at SportsCallAU. Enter our ticket giveaway for the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Like it, retweet it, uh, and tag a friend in the comments for a chance to win tickets. Those winners will be chosen Thursday at noon. Keep listening to Sports Call this week, too. We'll have some more tickets to give away later on in the week. But, Tom, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. I will be here. I will not be here on Sports Call tomorrow. I'll be here after Sports Call tomorrow for the, for the uh, High School Coaches Show, so make sure you tune in and listen to that after Sports Call gets off the air. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in, calling in, and have a wonderful Tuesday, Tuesday evening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.